nutlings and welcome to the smutty and nutty podcast i am gabby and you can find me on instagram at gabby shelf g-a-b-b-i-e and i am lexi and you can find me on instagram at reads by lexi i'm jess and you can find me on instagram at the dot barnacle dot bookshelf or over on my website at the barnaclebookshelf.com i'm ash and you can find me on instagram at a well-read wolf 91 and I'm Britt, and you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Lunar Literature. But today, I'm not last. <laughs> oh my God, am I supposed to go? No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Steve Rochelle, to the Smutty and Nutty podcast. <laughs> Welcome. <Hey>. So <laughs> today, I, I have an oh, intro. Yes, you do yes, have an intro. Sorry. A very I was trying to special make it intro. Gabby to like leave. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we didn't practice clearly, but it's okay. It wouldn't be smutty and nutty without chaos. <laughs> okay. Chaos. So <laughs> no one expects us to know what's going on ever. No, it's yep. true. <laughs> So today we are interviewing the very special C. Rochelle. And before we get to our very special chat with her, let's introduce C. Rochelle. C. Rochelle is best-selling author of the Yaga's Rider series, the Wings of Darkness and Light series, and a newly co-authored Apex Society series. Our naughty witchy queen is a full-time introvert and prince lover. We collectively as a group fawn over C, her witty humor, and her incredible dedications. So please welcome the cliffhanger queen herself, C Rochelle. Yay! <laughs> Finally here. I feel like we've been talking about this for years, months, but it feels yeah. like years. Years. It feels it's like been years. a long time. Yeah. <laughs> So welcome. So we understand you have been busy writing. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's all I do. <laughs> yes. I feel that a little bit right now. I haven't read in a couple of weeks and it's yeah. it's starting to drain on me. Yeah. Yeah. I have a healthy balance of reading and writing. <laughs> I don't know how you yeah. do it. I don't have a healthy I read at night anything. until I can't. There's no healthy balance in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. See, so, actually, um, I don't think it's healthy balance because I don't get sleep. So, yes, I'll check. I'll group chat, and Gabby's like up at like three a.m. my time. <laughs> the girl, go to bed. Yes. Never. No chill. Mm -hmm. so we're gonna call you corinne going forward because you're in the smutty nutty podcast so you need a first name <laughs> um do you ever get to read while you're writing because you're in the middle of the apex society you're in the middle of finishing up the rise of the witch series um yeah well right now at this exact moment i am solely focused on writing the last book in the in the Yaga's Writers trilogy that's what I'm trying to focus on right now just to like get it done in time for my deadline um but I do read a bit um I have I actually find that reading like if I if I get into writer's block I find that reading especially in the same genres as me helps because especially if I'm obviously reading something good <laughs> then I'm yeah. like I get all fired up and it gives me ideas or maybe someone else, the way someone else, another author handled something will kind of snap me out of like whatever block I was having. Um, but I do also likewise get into 
long chunks of time where I'm just unable to read because I'm just like, like every spare moment where I'm not, you know, working or momming or sleeping because <laughs> I do actually need sleep. I'm like some people apparently. Um, <laughs> I really do. I get really cranky if I don't get like eight hours. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll go into spurts where I, I literally like, that's all I'm only writing. And I just, I get really behind on my TBR as, which is a pain we all understand, but like, you know, my TBR right now, like I have, a, I have a few books that are like, I'm halfway, like I, I read different books at the same time. And so I'm like, I need to like focus and finish and, you know, especially yeah. when they're like my friend's books, which I really want to read and like be a good friend. <laughs> I, think, I, I think Brit and I feel that a lot because Gabby's written some and I haven't read as much as I wanted. I know Brit, you've been having a hard time reading the past month or two. Yes, I have. Like so Britt was doing lawyer readers things. block. Yes. Huh? Yeah, Britt was doing lawyer things. Important. She's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doing the important, boring things. <laughs> Britt's going to start writing soon, though. I am. I have been outlining a little bit on the side for mine and Gabby's book. So it's fun. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, so you two are co-writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Lexi. Lexi's writing and Gabby's writing separately too. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it straight. That's so exciting. Yeah. I know. I think yeah. um, I was yell- yelling at myself through Jess earlier because my goal is to have the first draft done. And I, I was think. scolding her to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, What's your, your goal for the first draft? The end of the month. Okay, that was mine too, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> I can hit... Because my goal for the first draft is around 70,000 words, just as like that base. Yeah. But if I hit 2K a day, I can hit that. Yeah. No, 2K for five days a week. You have two editing days on your I have two editing days because Corinne and I have talked about this a little bit on the side. Like, um, you are a full-time graphic designer or? Yes. Yeah. So I work full-time. But so, from home, home, and my boss is actually super, it's a demanding job, but my boss is also super chill and like almost like the opposite of a micromanager where like I can't find her half the time to like <laughs> answer some things, which can be frustrating. But at the same time, she's not breathing on me. So like, let's be real. Like, I'm not always working for my job. <laughs> I'm yeah. not working on other author things. So, But I find that I can't just write and not edit. I have to... Yeah, I have you, to edit. you and I've talked about that and that is definitely what I do. And that was interesting. Um, co- uh, we can go into the, my co-write as well, because um, uh, Cass and I, my co-author on the Apex series, like we're both pantsers to an extent. Um, although I think Cass is more of a pantser than me, but um, she does not edit as she goes. And I like heavily edit as I go. Like when I sit down to write, I generally will read back through like maybe the last chapter or two, mm-hmm. um, just to get myself in the mindset. Um, but also as I do that, I'm kind of, I'm line editing as I go. So yeah, I, um, so yeah, I will read back over the last couple chapters and essentially do line edits. I mean, I can literally rewrite a line so many times. And sometimes if Nadine, my PA is like in the dock with me, like, she's not in my first draft. She doesn't get to see it until the alpha round. Um, mm-hmm. 
but she says that sometimes she just likes to watch, which is <laughs> I can totally see her doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting there watching you. I can <laughs> imagine that leaving her lips. Yeah, because when we were working on the Apex, um, the co-write, we had our master doc for Cass and I to share. Um, and Cass actually would work in that doc. And she just like writes like, like, blah, like it comes out. Um, and then we eventually edit it. But mine, I would actually work on my chapters in separate docs, literally edit it like 20 million times before I dropped it in. Um, <laughs> but when we were going through the full edit, we were all in the master doc and Nadine was saying that she was like watching me like literally <laughs> right, 20 times. And I was like, I feel That's so awesome. violated now. Because, you know, <laughs> that would make me so uncomfortable. No like, me do that, like an obsessive person, but she was like, I think she was enjoying it, but I was like, you. <laughs> I feel that on so many levels because I use Scrivener and I'll write, I'll write the beginning of a paragraph and then I'll go to the next paragraph and rewrite that beginning of the paragraph. And then I'm like, I like this part, but I don't like this part. So I'll start rewriting it again. <laughs> I know it's like a sickness. However, as Lexi and I've talked about is that when it comes time for the, you know, quote unquote editing round, like which is the same round in my case as when I hand things off to my alpha readers. I hand the full doc off to my alpha readers, not chapter by chapter or section mm -hmm. or whatever. And then I create, and that's their version to put comments in. And then I make a copy for myself where I do my line edits. So it's essentially the same round. However, most of my alpha readers don't they don't see what I give them as like a first draft because it's already been like edited to death, even though I'm <laughs> also still going in and editing again, it's been edited to death. So it's pretty clean. Mm -hmm. It probably doesn't need to be edited heavily again, but that doesn't stop me. So I still go, <laughs> I'll be right. Like editing never ends. Yeah. <laughs> like it's I'll, awful. It's I'll actually write. why I don't, I can't reread my stuff too often. Um, obviously as I'm, working on a series, I, I pop back into the mm -hmm. previous books just to make sure I have certain details right or capitalizations or whatever. But I try not to reread what I've written because I'm just going to find 20 things that I that I want to redo. <laughs> <laughs> and the cycles are all over. I feel that. <laughs> I am the opposite. Like, I was super anal, like Lexi at first when I started writing. But the more I would edit, the more I would get way into my head and I couldn't write anything. So I just have to like word vomit and leave it alone. Like I word vomited my whole part one and then now I'm doing edits on that. But I like, I can't touch it or else I like won't write. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people operate like that. And um, I don't, I don't think there's necessarily a right or a wrong way, but what you're yeah. talking about is essentially like writing sprints which I think is something that I'm unable to do because yeah. of the way that I work. And that's Lexi and I've talked about that too. Like I just, mm -hmm. the idea of it is very appealing to me of like set a timer and just word vomit for an hour or two. Like that sounds very appealing and I would probably get more words out at the time, but I just like, as of at, at this point in my career, um, I'm unable to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll come back in the chat and Gabby's written like 10,000 words in a day. And I'm like, you bitch. <laughs> I, I feel, I feel that way about you. <laughs> I know. I'm not like you bitch, but like. 
And I well, like, you know, that if I wasn't working full time that I would like write more, but I actually don't know. Like, Do you think you would ever start writing full time or do you think you would still do both? I mean, I would love to, that would really be the dream. And I actually think it would help. Um, it would certainly help the way my brain works. Like I really like can get very overwhelmed and overloaded with things. And so I think if there was one less major thing in my life, meaning like a full-time job, like that would be <clears throat> a big weight off my shoulders. It's actually like when, like I got into writing, um, well, there's a few reasons, but what made it really possible to start was that um, as many, as many authors got into it for, during COVID um, because my hours at work were actually cut. Um, we all got cut as it was like a part of, it was like a pur purposefully cut like through unemployment. So we still got unemployment and paid. It was this very interesting thing, but it was like a COVID related thing. So all of last summer, I was only working like three days a week. And so then I had like two days a week where like my kid was, you know, not with me, but I was able to just like write and not have work hanging over me. And it was glorious. It was like, it's so much different. Like I, I say how I can, you know, kind of sneak in work or sneak in writing during work now, which I totally do. But you know, if someone dings me on Microsoft teams, I have to like answer, which is rude, but like, <laughs> how rude of you. I am, I am being creative here. <laughs> I'm trying to Stop. write my dirty books. Thank you. Uh, you know, so so yeah, it's still like a distract. It's still like the possibility of being pulled away and pulled out of that headspace. So was COVID when you started writing or did you write before that at all? Well, no, I mean, it's when I started this particular writing adventure. I mean, I've actually, um, I feel like I've always written in my life. Like I distinctly remember being like, a weird little kid, like on my typewriter. Like I know, like, I, think, I think one of you knows how old I actually am, even though like I have like swamp witch jeans and look like I'm like, you know, 25, I'm actually not. Um, but I was, I actually like remember like typing on my like actual typewriter growing up, like, but I would type out like little plays for like me and my friends to act out. And I was actually like fairy tale retellings, you know, like I remember we, us putting on this whole- one of us. <laughs> like kind of like you know like my version of Cinderella I remember doing like Cinderella and it was like me and my friends and we like put on this little show for like our poor parents who had to sit there and like you know <laughs> that brings back flashbacks to like remember the Cats musical yeah I was a gymnast and so I had this full length like bodysuit of like a leopard thing because of one of my performances and I used to reenact cats for my family I'm oh so my sorry mom and dad my mom will listen to this my dad will though love you dad <laughs> I don't think your dad will be like oh it was precious yeah. <laughs> I hope it's not on tape Oh, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> it's it's okay. We is. want to see it. Yes. Yeah. No. I'm like, uh, dad, 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 dad if you listen to this, here. you want it. <laughs> we do. No. <laughs> yes. So we've actually answered two of our questions on our list. So let's take a quick break and let's ask our icebreaker question, which yes. is kind of late, but it's fine. Mm -hmm. Who's, who's yeah. going to ask it? <laughs> 
Gabby, you ask. You always ask. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is going to be for everyone, but Corinne's going to answer first. <laughs> Who is your cock of the week? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, does this have to be from, like, a book or anything, anything no, you want? Anything. Anything. A real life person, a fictional person, whatever. An uh, actor, like... Um, well, I wouldn't say a real life person. No offense, husband. But <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I think the husbands only got brought up once in our one time. It was one time, like one time. second episode. <laughs> Peer pressure. It was like, well, one of them with Lex. I guess I should say it. <laughs> it's hard for our real life boyfriends and husbands and partners or whoever to you know, compete with book boyfriends. It's just a fact. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think, oh God, I would say, huh, I would actually say that um, Cock of the Week, and now of course I'm like totally blanking on his actual <laughs> real life name. But and, re- and remember though, like <laughs> other people around this particular one you're thinking of is not going to get jealous. <laughs> I always like I get the fear that if I pick someone, the other fictional characters are gonna be jealous yeah. of they <laughs> Well, I just like actually can't remember what the what the actor's name is, but I actually just I do I just duetted him on um on TikTok because he's like one of those actors who like has a TikTok and acts like a normal, like weird person and you're just like, wait a minute, this is actually an actor. Is that Luke guy? Yeah, the guy who plays he plays Lucifer. Um, he's Lucifer <gasps> on um, Sabrina, the New Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it took me a minute to like when I uh, one of my um, readers tagged me on that video, and then I did like a blind blindish react to it for a duet. Um, and like the whole time, I'm like, this guy's so familiar. But like, then I had to like dig into the comments, and of course, everyone was like, Daddy Lucifer. <laughs> Daddy Lucifer. So so that's who he was. Um, But I just, the video was cracking me up. And then just like watching his other videos. I mean, actors, they're just like us, you know? (laughs) Who would have thought? I I just, I love weirdos. I just, weirdos, just people, like guys with good senses of humor or just weird weirdos who let their freak flag fly. I just love them. He's, he's the freaking best because he will do any, any skit ever and he doesn't care and he's a new dad now too oh i found him there he is the new dad yeah. you find him um yeah luke cook yes okay mm-hmm. yeah i love him i love that show yeah mm-hmm. yeah all right who's next let's go online gabby you go okay Mine is Tobias from the Raven Hood series. <laughs> Fuck that series. <laughs> Do you? Because you've been crying about it for like the past three days. I will never be the same human after reading that series. I will cry every day about rain. <laughs> yep. It rained the other day and I was just like, <laughs> it stormed here. And I was awake at 3 a.m. And I looked at Stone and I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad I was in my car alone driving back to work from lunch because I was just sitting there just like, okay, it'll be fine. Just- I told Ash, 
I was, I, I literally was pulling into the, the grocery store in my car and I was having a perfectly fine day. And then my phone decided to play this one song called in your arms. And it's like, if I die in your arms or whatever. And I was like, ah. <laughs> don't make me cry she on sent, the podcast. She, <laughs> she sent me this video and she's like sobbing in the car. And she's like, I can't go in the grocery store because I can't stop crying. It was so fun. I was dying. I was, oh my God. <laughs> That's been me for the past like week and a half. <laughs> I just need everybody to read Addie LaRue so that you all can feel that kind of pain with me because you suck and you haven't read They need to read be in pain. Ravenhood and all of us need to read Addie LaRue. There's so many books that y'all need to read. I don't want to read books that make me cry. I know. <laughs> Do it anyway. is necessary. <laughs> it's it's like an induction ceremony. You have to. <laughs> like, glass. You why would I willingly that. watch Marley and me? So, I'm, just, I'm not going to do it. Never. <laughs> I will answer my cock of the week in a second. But I feel like Corinne and Cass ruined me because um, Come Out to Pray was so much fucking fun and so sweet. It still hurt. But now I am ruined for books that are going to make me cry because I was on such a high after that book. (laughs) She like could not stop talking about it in the chat. And it was so great because I was like, I was late. I was a day late because I don't remember what I was doing. I don't know. I was reading something else. You were reading reading Timber. Me and you were late because we were finishing Timber. Yeah, we were kind of like, we kind of snuck in right before Timber came out. <laughs> well, Gabby and I got arcs, so we were trying to finish those. Yep. <laughs> and we, we were talking about that, and we are like, we got to hurry up and finish so we don't get spoiled by the other. Because, you know, it was only a huge surprise that we, like, kept a secret for everyone. <laughs> How did you do that? that? Later. I still can't, oh. Yeah, we're gonna I talk, have we're gonna thoughts. We're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> okay, we'll hold um, on to that. <laughs> gosh. I am going to say my cock of the week is Adrian because Scarlett just gave the street team a whammy of a teaser. Oh, that was spicy. It was good. I was, it was good. Yeah, Lexi stole mine too. But I yeah. don't know what it is about you, Corinne, and Scarlett. I swear it's like the I was driving home from work and all of a sudden I saw <laughs> book screenshots like from her draft and I almost like ran off the road <laughs> to read whatever she sends but yeah that was that was spicy and I cannot wait for um let us pray because I need to know what the spice is like I need to know these scenes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay I'm gonna know it. everything mm-hmm. all right Ash you're up me and Lexi have the um, same one mine is going to be um nico from the sweetest oblivion by daniel laurie um i've been on this straight mafia boss kick and i'm loving it and and so yeah but i was like i fucking love nico like he's just perfect alpha hole i love it i'll read that afterwards (laughs) my long Uh, list of books (laughs) Am I supposed to be next or is Ash mm-hmm. or is uh, Jess next? Okay. Um, no, mine and Lexi's were the same, so I already technically uh, met. I was going to be the same as Gabby, but I just realized actually my favorite, my cock of the week this week will have to be Tyler from Ravenhood just because I wish we got more with him. But like the scenes that we have gotten, especially in the last book, I'm just like, I love you. I, <laughs> so I joined a Ravenhood like therapy group. <laughs> And <laughs> of course we did. 
girls, one of the girls in there says that she like regularly talks to Kate Stewart and she said that she's open to doing like a novella. And I was like, Tyler. <laughs> I need a Tyler novella. I need it. I need, I need like, like a prequel of like him and just like his life, you know? Mm-hmm. I won't be content. I feel like I yeah. need to put a disclaimer in here though. Like the Ravenhood series is an excellent series. Please do not let Gabby terrify you from reading it. <laughs> it's because amazing. I promise. I promise. Like I did cry. I will admit that it did break me a little bit, but not quite as badly as it did Gabby. I'm just an so- emotional bitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can I dare ask if it's completed? Oh, it's completed. Yes, it's completed. There's three books. Because I'm actually one of those people who likes to wait. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's very very completed. Considering how I treat people. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, at least we don't have to wait like five years for a book like Sarah J. Mass. No, I try to stick to like two or three months between because that's what I can manage. But um, like if I could write faster, like if I could do like a rapid release and not not literally torture people with my cliffhangers I actually would um I mean of course I enjoy torturing people too like that's obviously (laughs) fun however I'm not like doing I'm not like doing that on purpose and then like stretching out the weight on purpose it's more just like life (laughs) but I totally get like when people like comment on like my social posts and will be like oh is this complete like I actually don't really like reading stuff because of my anxiety I totally will respond and be like I totally get you a thousand percent like I feel that it's totally anxiety don't like, read it yet yeah I them. I'm like listen I'm like the last one's coming out in October like my cliffies are really brutal in this particular series like just wait like I don't mind so <laughs> no like I'm gonna be honest <laughs> I was actually one of my many freakouts today I messaged Jess about that because I was like I want to write the whole series in one go because I have that fear that people aren't going to read it because of the way I'm planning on ending it and, and tell and them what I told you you said fuck them they <laughs> <laughs> can fucking wait it's true yeah because I mean like like whoever was just saying about like it's not five years like I mean mm-hmm. yeah. trad publishing yeah. like, we used to wait like so long between books like yeah. so oh my god like the like the fact is we're all spoiled as readers nowadays mm-hmm. yeah indie authors like myself who self-publish and have complete control yeah. over our own deadlines or as much control as we can you know con- with mm-hmm. life but right. like, you know we're not at the mercy of like the book publishers publishing schedule or whatever i have no idea i've never actually had a publisher so i don't know how it really <laughs> works but like um but yeah, we're all, it's all very on demand and we're so spoiled now. So it is a little funny to me when people are like, oh, I won't read unless it's completed series. It's like, well, okay. But like some <laughs> people's series are long. Like I don't tip, haven't typically written longer series, but like, mm-hmm. like Cass's series that she's still working on her first one is like, I don't know how many books she has planned, like eight or more. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's wow. like a whole series. Some people don't care. You know, some people will just read, which is awesome. Yeah. I don't care. I'm, I'm going to be I'm gonna no the same day you release it, girl, and then yeah. I'll just suffer. <laughs> I definitely feel same. Like as soon as the book comes out, I want to read it. Unless it's something dark, then usually I have to be in the right mind space for it. We did um, make Lexi wait to read Club 22. Yes. And now she's not going to finish it. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. So Club 22 and Timber, I heard Timber, like the beginning of Timber is extremely dark. 
It's yes, rough. it is. And I'm in a happy place right now. And I don't want to go to that dark. <laughs> the place. end of it is happy. I'm, I'm sure the end of it is happy, but that's a thick boy. Like I am not ready for that. <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important. You know, um, I can't I can't actually remember how how descriptive Tate gets with her trigger warnings. But like I, I have big opinions about making sure that people know what they're getting into. Yes. Yeah, trigger warnings. Like Jess and I had a whole conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people have very differing opinions on it, which is interesting to me because to me, trigger warnings are about consent because yeah. you're like, giving people consent to so, be exposed to X in your book. It's kind of funny because when we were having this discussion a couple of weeks ago, Chris asked me. He was like, "Do you feel your trigger warnings are going to spoil the book for you?" And I was like, no, because it's out of context. Like for me, that's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Same yeah. thing for me. Yeah. And I think I would, it, even if they're going to be spoilerish, I would rather be spoiled if it's something that's like, mm-hmm. like what? Triggering. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we it's all funny, just it's started funny. this book. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting too. And you're, you, um, you know, soon-to-be-published authors will find this out. Um, Amazon is very difficult with certain triggers that you can't say certain things or else they will flag your books or you can't run ads. So, like, um, and they're actually cracking down on more stuff. Like, I've actually recently had to change um, the trigger warning section on both um, Rise of the Witches, Amazon landing page, and Shadow Spark. Because those are the first in the series of each series. So therefore, those are the ones I'm running ads on. And the ads were already running and they'd been running for like months. Um, and then the bots or whoever, humans, it's probably bots, like caught on to some words that they didn't like. And I had to like go in and change them. I don't change them in the book. So they're still mm-hmm. in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to keep it still as clear as possible. But there's certain things that like the Zon will like throw you in the, the dungeon. Like if you have certain things, which is kind of unfair like you want to be clear with your readers and you want Mm -hmm. to make sure they know what they're getting into but even like in a good way like hey my book has kink in it well apparently I can't say that (laughs) like apparently you can't say kink you know but like some people might be looking for that or some people might be triggered by that so Mm -hmm. like trigger warnings go both ways you know because sometimes people it's what they're looking for so it's it's difficult and then the whole thing with reverse harem which is what I write, like Amazon does not like to have it be clear of any sort of like polyamorous relationship. Like they, they obviously cannot say, they can't say shit about like, you know, MM or FF like on its own because, you know, homosexual relationships, but like they apparently have, can have opinions about polyamorous relationships. So I actually, you have to be very careful. You can't use the word reverse harem. You can't use the word, you know, why choose like even those little like MMFFMs, I had to change those recently on the landing pages because that implied a polyamorous relationship. So I have to like be really sneaky, like like bossy and her men, you know what I mean? Like, and then <laughs> point of views, including the men and then to have my MM to show that there is MM, but I couldn't have my like MMFM. 
<laughs> mm. I just saw That's something ridiculous. that ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Cass just posted something on her story not too long ago about like it was like a screenshot of the Amazon thing, yeah, and where she had written like MMF or something, and <clears throat> and she was like, "Oh, now Amazon's gonna punish me for this." And I'm like, "So, excuse me, what's true. the Amazon doesn't like it." What's the warning like, though? Do they send you an email? Do they just take it down? Yeah, well, this was in the, in this sense, it was, um, it was related to, they were just like your ad for, you know, Rise of the Witch or your ad for Shadow Spark is no longer running. Um, and actually the first time they took one down, they were super vague. And I was, I literally like had to do an appeal and be like, what are you even talking about? Like, like you need to be clear, <laughs> like, what is the problem, you know? Um, but yeah, they ended up, you know, clarifying um that it was um god i wonder if i could find it it was like pretty ridiculous <laughs> it was it reminds me of, like facebook ads can get like that too yeah yeah i did a little bit of facebook ads but i've actually had more luck with um amazon mm-hmm. but um but yeah it was essentially just like you aren't i'm totally paraphrasing but it was essentially like you like can't show um unconventional relationships or something oh, God. oh gosh I know. Oh, how so dare you yeah it's definitely and that includes they also include bdsm or anything kink related in that okay um, keep selling your sex toys and your drugs okay here i got right? it right <laughs> here i have the i have the wording here i'm looking i'm in my like support center on my amazon ads, ads account so um da, 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 da. We reserve the right to not run ads that contain elements that may not be appropriate for all audiences. This may include erotica, content on sexual preferences such as BDSM, or acronyms related to certain sexual practices such as alpha, dom, sub, or multi-partner theme such as MMF. And yet they sell like a clit-sucking vibrator. Well, and yet they, they on, you know, they're making, I mean, I, I self-published through KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing. Like, so they're making money on me and they're making money on my ads. So it's just, it's very weird, but um, it's unfortunate. And I'm I'm sure that someday we'll get there. We're like polyamorous relationships um, and BDSM um, relationships or practices like aren't seen as some like super taboo thing that like Amazon needs to protect their, you know, sensitive flower shoppers from. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because all our books say 18 plus. I mean, it's not like, it's not like we're selling in the kids section. Like, right. Oh, right. Well, let's don't even get started on Barnes and Nobles putting adult books in the YA section. I saw um, Jay Kristoff share a photo on his and he's like, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. They don't have enough category, like clearly distinct category, like mm-hmm. shelves. So they're just no. sticking anything in YA. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the book talk table at my Barnes Noble had a mix between YA and explicitly adult. I'm like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) That's just asking for trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Mommy, can I get this book? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, imagine the parents who don't read. (laughs) Well, right. And you're making (sighs) me think how like, um, you know, with cover design, which I know is also another thing that you wanted to touch upon anyway, but you're making me think about like cover, like you think about certain genres having certain 
cover designs or, or looks, I guess, standard, standard looks. Um, and that's even changing. I mean, reverse harem um, traditionally is like, okay, so like our let us pray um, and come out and pray, you know, my co-write with Cass, like that's the real classic kind of paranormal reverse harem cover where it's like the bad bitch heroine and it's just her. You don't see any of the guys on the cover and she's just looking badass and whatever. Um, but that cover, like, you know, that kind of skirts the line too of like how some YA covers might look as well. But then there's also covers that are really heavily like text and typography based. Um, and like, think about my rise of the witch covers, you know, rise of the witch and Witch out of time call of the ride in Yaga's writers. And that's like very type based and dark looking mm-hmm. and like that. It doesn't, they don't look like traditional reverse harem covers. Um, and when I, um, first shared the rise of the witch cover, I did it on January one of this year. I like just blasted it in all the big groups on Facebook, like the reverse harem groups and people like lost their shit over it. And not a lot of, I'm not saying that I was, I like started the trend, but it wasn't, there weren't that many reverse harem covers that looked like that. It was really the more traditional of like the heroine kind of like three quarter, like yeah, with like, you know, witchy shit in the background and like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it was just such a, it's such a striking cover. Like I definitely think rise of the witch like sells itself because of the cover. Oh yeah, um, but I'm not oh, yeah. just it because I designed it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying it's the photo itself. It's the it's a stock photo. It's a stock model that I bought. Um, but like, it's just very striking, and just like the type is just like it's just dark and like, you know. And it's interesting because it's like you want people to know what the genre is, but at the same time, um, you also that type of cover wouldn't have fit that story. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing, because I mean, obviously, I recently redid my uh, Wings of Darkness and Light covers, too, which I did actually originally design, but it was like my (laughs) first stab. And I was really trying to match that look with my first ones, which like had varying degrees of success. But when I redesigned the covers recently, it was a lot more along the lines of like my Yaga's Writers covers and like I mean, it's di- it's different. Cause it's a different series. It's angels and demons, and like you know, di- totally different heroine, totally different person, <laughs> um, very different. Um, but you know, it's that same kind of like it could be reverse harem, or it could. I don't know if I don't know if you would mistake it for YA, but like mm. it's definitely mm-hmm. not like blatantly reverse harem. Like looking at it, um, and I and I feel like that's how a lot of my covers are probably going to look, just because. I feel that I bring in a lot of different elements um, that are not just reverse harem tropes. And that's yeah. because I like to read, like I actually like to read or, you know, used to when I read more <laughs> and wasn't like only reading RH, but I, you know, I love YA. I love urban fantasy. I love like historical fiction and uh, magical realism, like Alice Hoffman books. You know, there's like, I just, my, interests vary so much and so I bring all of that into my books and so to me it fits to have this these covers that don't necessarily like just look like the standard RH because I don't think that I write just the standard mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. another reason like why that. people who maybe don't um, who haven't really read our RH before or given it much of a chance I do find that those people actually really like my books because they bring in all those other elements like maybe they've had they've they've had a bad experience or whatever with rh in the past 
I feel like I'm a good gateway drug for people. <laughs> Definitely. You were my gateway drug outside of Tate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tate, her covers, her covers are very, I mean, I think back to um, the Kit Davenport series and that was a much more like traditionally <clears throat> like RH looking covers, so to speak. And obviously that's one of the like flagship series of the genre itself, but like her covers now mm-hmm. are like a totally different look. They're very distinct to her. Mm-hmm. Like a totally different look, but she's still writing in RH. So it's don't get Gabby started on Kit Davenport either. Yeah, she'll, she'll go on a tangent about that. But what, like, I'm in that phase right now where I'm starting to think about cover design, and everything I read is like, make sure your cover matches everything else in your genre. And now that you're saying all of that, I'm like, okay. First of all, I feel like there's nothing good out there for self-published writers to like find any type of information. I think it was like. Um, Gabby and I were talking about it. It should take a year to write your first book. Yeah. Or like you should only, it should take a year, one to two years to write a book. And I'm like, oh. Uh-huh. I know that's very like traditional publishing thinking, I think. Mm-hmm. Totally. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn on, I understand, I understand the point of having your cover at least hint at the, I'd say have it hint at the genre, maybe not like, because you don't want it to match all the others. Like I get, you know, I subscribe to newsletters that are like, the, these are the last week's like reverse harem releases. And so it's like a bunch of them lined up. And sometimes my eyes just kind of glaze over because they literally all look the same. And I'm not saying they're bad covers, but you, it's like, like the ones that draw me in and are distinct are the ones that aren't necessarily following those like design rules. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because I am a graphic designer. And so I'm looking at it from a totally different perspective but like you know I I I kind of glaze over like even with when you look at the co-write that Cass and I did and we we actually hired an outside designer for those covers I did not design those because my skills are not at that level um so we hired um Aubrey from AT cover designs we can give her a little plug because she's awesome (laughs) um but and even though we went with the kind of traditional look, like we also threw in like some slasher elements, like, you know, <laughs> with like the way the font is and the blood, like it's it's striking because it's not not just the usual like girl standing there with witchy shit behind her. Like there's other things going on that you immediately like get to feel like the dark feel, too. Yeah, That's I mean, there's dark. I think there's like kind of not like controversial, but there's a conversation that started too with the way that we approach our covers because I was very biased against reading books with people on the cover because I felt like it didn't, it wasn't in a genre that I was interested in. And I'm very proven wrong by that the more I read and the more I like dive into like the smut world. But when it goes into like designing our own covers, it's like, do I want people on my cover or do I want something different? <laughs> oh. Yeah. And I think that there's a way to do it where, I mean, there's definitely even in RH now, which I would, I definitely been seeing it since this calendar year started again. I'm not claiming like I started this, but I just obviously keep an eye on the design trends. And I've been seeing a lot more of just type-based covers Mm -hmm. or like type-based and then maybe like a a hint of a person, but not like, not in that same kind of like full body, like posed. It's like maybe just like her face or something, you know, like I think, 
I think there's ways around it in a way that you can still you can still show what the elements are, yeah. you know, and have the right. Yeah, and I'll jump in. I'm not a graphic designer. I bumble my way through things, but that's about it. Um, but Emily and Regina, who do Scarlet's covers, yeah. have a really cool way of making them. You can tell that they're like kind of mythology romance, but all it's just typography. And yeah. I like stuff like that. Yeah, I love Scarlet's covers. I mean, I love her books anyway. I love her spice. She's good at spice. <laughs> She's such a good person. Wait until you read some of KBB. Oh my gosh. I'm so in the street team. <sighs> yeah. You know, I'm a little jealous. And I'm also oh, jealous you guys actually know her. So we, we fangirl too. Like authors fangirl on other authors. And we all we fangirl on readers too. So like, but yeah, I'm definitely like a little. So when we meet in person, Corinne, I'm going to like lose my shit. Just saying. <laughs> I know, I was debating. I'm like, should I like meet up with Jess? And like, but I actually like, I, I still need to like get my, my books in to sign. And then I'm going to like, we'll make a, a big date to like. Yeah. yeah. So for those who don't know, I just moved to Maine and that's Corinne's neck of the woods. So I'm going to go knock on her door one day. I mean, I'm like a bridge troll who never leaves her house, but like we're really (laughs) not far from each other at all. Like we're on like opposite sides of Portland. Like we're Mm -hmm. like next town over on opposite sides from like Portland. And of course, this town is enormous and I'm not exactly sure where you are, but like it's still like not far, like maybe half an hour or something. I don't know. I was looking at houses with Stone's family in Virginia and Maine last night. I was like, "Uh oh, everyone just move, like just come." I know. (laughs) I want out of the desert. Get me out of here. Oh yeah, I just want out of California. That's what I want. But specifically, um, there's there's a person that I'm hoping doesn't follow us wherever we go. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Everyone here. Well, no. <laughs> oh God! I was gonna do the name rhymes with, but I'll keep no, to myself. No, <laughs> no, I could get in trouble. I know. That's why I'm like, mm-hmm. we can we can talk about it and then edit it out later. Can you do that? I don't know. We can talk about it afterwards when we start recording. <laughs> keep it a secret. Um, All right. Let's get back to the questions. Lexi, you want to keep going? Yeah. Um, so we've talked about how you balance everything. Would you, I have a question though. Would you ever let someone design your covers? Cause I know well, you had someone do it with cast, but the ones you write specifically, would you ever bring in another designer? Well, I definitely would. If I had a vision, like a very distinct vision that I felt I couldn't execute because that's really why, like we brought in Aubrey for the, um, Apex covers. Like I really don't like, that's like some you know, procreate skills that I do not. I mean, I'm a, I'm pretty good with Adobe just because I've been using it for like 20 years, but like, I'm not a procreate illustrator. Okay. And like, you kind of need those skills to get that level. Of I feel that because yeah. I'll, I'll send designs to the group and they're like, how did you do that? I'm like Adobe stock illustrator and <laughs> some Photoshop. <laughs> like, I can draw, but like the stuff that Lexi will pop in there is like, like so clean. And I'm like, what the? Fuck, girl, you can't do any of this. I'm like, um, it's black up here. There's nothing going on. I can't. (laughs) Nothing happening. Sorcery. So it's very easy for me. I've been doing it for so long. Like when I I design all my marketing graphics and I write my marketing copy because I work in marketing. mm -hmm. So like that is like super easy for me. Yeah. So I just do it. 
Um, but no, I wouldn't. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed. Speaking of Cass and your book, how is it like keeping that damn secret? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, because we're both evil. Um, no, I mean, it's, um, I mean, I think the way, I can't remember when we decided to be extra evil, but you know, on working, starting to work on this series, it just, at some point it came up where we realized that there needed to be a chapter, if you want to call it that, like before um, Dee Dee gets to Apex, like there needed to be like background, um, there needed to be enough background um, into her like home life, into her you know, her boyfriend and her friends and like all the, like th that needed to happen prior to getting to Apex. And of course, I suppose we could have just included that in book one and then had her at Apex, but that would have felt a little disjointed, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm getting at is at some point we decided that it needed to be like its own thing. But it, of course, we'd already been pushing book one um, and pushing that book one was... Um, you know, sat at Apex Academy. And so we're like, okay, so, and we already had our cover design. So we essentially reached out to our cover designer. We're like, hey, like we decided to do like this surprise prequel. So we like, luckily she was available to like design that cover for us too. So essentially like the only four people who knew about this surprise was Cass and I, our cover designer, and then Nadine, because we share a PA. Um, and so <laughs> it was really, and so of course this whole, you know, we're, we're drumming up pre-orders on book one and we, and then we started, you know, teasing that there was a surprise and I'm sure everyone thought the surprise was that we were going to release book one, <laughs> <laughs> which was funny to us. Cause I'm sure, I'm sure there were some haters out there who were like, Oh, I wonder what the surprise is going to be like, you know, <laughs> they could, like making fun of us. But then we were like, fooled you bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> showed up with like a totally different book and a prequel. Um, and I mean, it was a pretty beefy prequel to me. I mean, this is the funny part is that like, I mean, Cass writes really thick books. I don't. My books are generally around 65, 70K. Like that's about what they are. Um, you know, and obviously there's like three books in a series. Um, so that makes a thick like omnibus, but like individually they're they're not generally thick books. And so this prequel ended up being about, I think we hit like 50K. So like to cast, that's a prequel to me. I'm like, that's almost a full book, <laughs> but it's just, it's just different ways that we write. Um, but, but yeah, it was hard to, <laughs> excuse me. It was hard to keep a secret. Um, but, but then again, I also, I mean, it was hard to not spill it. I should say it wasn't hard to keep the secret because personally, I really like to tease. And so that part wasn't hard. <laughs> <laughs> just because I enjoyed that part, I suppose, like having having the secret and also just knowing how excited people were going to be because, mm -hmm. you know, clearly we're like making you wait for book one. Um, it's not going to be as long as it says on Amazon. That's just like a total placeholder. However, um, I knew people were going to be excited. And so like that was difficult to like keep it a secret, like wanting to tell people and like share in the excitement. But like we had to keep our excitement like to like four people. For like a month plus or however long we're working on it that's awesome i want ash to ask this next question because she was doing some research mm -hmm. on it last night <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> so, research yes i was doing research no so okay as a mother i'm a mother of a seven-year-old so cartoons are 
a giant part of my life. And the whole time I'm reading it, I'm getting Zootopia vibes and references. I was like, why is this Zootopia on crack for adults? Yeah. And so last night I was watching, I was like, I'm going to do research. And so me and my daughter were in the living room and I had Zootopia on. And like, there was like the, um, the one scene uh, that's all over TikTok right now, the sound um, where he says, yeah, dumb bunny, uh, Sly Fox, dumb bunny and everything. And so I sent that to the girls. And then there was like little jokes, like where she's holding up her like iPhone, but instead of an apple, it's a carrot. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's Apex <laughs> vibes. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that was, um, well, I guess you haven't really asked the question, but I'm assuming you're going to ask if that was on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was it. I was guess I was going to ask, I know you and Cass both have crotch goblins. And so did you watch Utopia and think, this would be funny. Yeah, I mean, I do yeah, think that was. Um, yeah, well, Cass's Cass's crotch goblet is actually a bit older. <laughs> uh, she's actually in college, um, and she's actually the one. Just I'm going to give her a little plug. She's actually the one who drew my um, my author logo with like my head, Aww. and she also drew my Aww. and she drew my Yaga's oh, writers, cool. um characters. Yeah, she's an amazing illustrator, um, and I actually need to note to self I need to like harass her to do our characters because it's she she'll say yes to me but not to mom <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna like harass her and be like oh hey like <laughs> anyway um but yeah it's funny because um I don't know if you've ever stumbled across um on Pinterest there's like so much like spicy Zootopia fan art Yes, I have seen that. Yes. <laughs> like I discovered like a couple of years ago and I was like, it's like, it's also like that TikTok sound. Like, do I like this? Do I find, do this? I like this? Do I like this? Am I attracted to this? Yeah. I, I think I, I'm attracted to this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Because it is like, yes. there's totally sexual tension in that movie. Like you cannot tell me otherwise. Like, sorry, <laughs> not sorry. Agreed. Like, agreed. Total, like, and they have, they're like super compatible and you're like, excuse me. Um, <laughs> so, so not surprised that the like fan art people went there. Um, but anyway, so yeah, when we were coming up with the idea for Apex Society Capers, um, I mean, it wasn't too hard for us to kind of meld our styles together um, because we're both like, you know, silly, smutty, spooky. That's like our new like CNC thing. Um, but it just became this, it came out of conversations as we talked about on our TikTok live of like how many of our favorite tropes can we fit into one book? And we also knew we wanted it to be shifters. Um, and Cass writes a lot of shifters. I kind of hint at it a little bit in Yaga's writers and they're just maybe some spinoffs. I don't know. Um, but I know, spoiler. Um, <laughs> but so we knew it wanted to be shifters. And then we came up with the whole predator prey thing, which is like very unique in that in that realm, not usually how it's done. Um, you know, but we also knew we wanted it to be kind of campy and like mystery vibes, like Scooby-Doo vibes, like serious. Yes. I mean, and I, I know it you don't get like a ton of that in the prequel because like we haven't, you kind of get a hint at the mystery and I'm not going to say anything for people who didn't, but obviously something happens at a certain event and it's like, who done it? Like, you know, so clearly like you have, there's a mystery with, We've got another mystery on our hands, you know. <laughs> Something needs to get figured out in book one. Um, and this is going to be a standalone series, which means for people who don't know, it means that, well, for people who, <laughs> like, 
hate cliffies, it means there aren't going to be brutal cliffies because each book will kind of wrap up nicely. There'll be like an overarching arc, but it won't be like, like when you usually read my books and there's like some forest <laughs> cliffy where you're like crying. So it'll be it like, you'll want to know more, but like, you'll be okay waiting. Like <laughs> you'll live. <laughs> um, we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be, that'll be a different way to write for me for sure. Um, but anyway, so so yeah, we want to have that kind of mystery, but like funny mystery vibe, like funny mm-hmm. and dark, um, which is not so easy for people to accomplish. But I think that Cass and I are both really good at that kind of humor with the darkness, which mm-hmm. is very important to both of us, like to not like to not be so dark where it's humorless, but then also like not be so silly where you can't like take any of it seriously. Um, and there's a time and a place for both. It's just not what we write. Um, but anyway, so, so yeah, we knew we wanted Scooby-Doo vibes, you know, like sex, sexy Scooby-Doo, but then like the fact that future books are going to be, you know, traveling through the world, mm-hmm. like as we investigate, like the different harem members, the guys like backgrounds, they all come from different places in the world. Um, so there's going to be some travel with mystery, which made us think of like Carmen San Diego. So we kept saying, you know, like steamy, steamy Scooby-Doo meets, you know, smexy Carmen San Diego. But then like realizing that, well, we actually purposefully like, I mean, hopefully this isn't a huge spoiler. You can totally like do like a long bleep over this, but like, <laughs> our, our, you know, female main character. Yeah, I definitely feel Nico in my bones just because, you know, he's just he's surrounded by these like loud, like dude dudes. And he's just, oh God, oh god. Like I feel that as an I feel that as an introvert of just being like, oh God, everyone just like stop being so fucking intense. <laughs> like, yes. you know, yeah. like, he, and he's not intense. Um but yeah, and of course it's another um, you know, his relationship with Bash is another opportunity to um delve into that delicious mm that i love so much yes but like the the relationships behind it like obviously the spice but the relationships too Mm -hmm. yeah i'm really curious to learn more about bash and cash like how their relationship is because it's really interesting the little hints that we got Mm -hmm. as twins as brothers Mm -hmm. it's really sweet we like to um assign like roles to the guys like i use tate tate's characters as like a like baseline so like the alpha holes like archer and then like we'll go through and like kind of assign and i think i was talking about it with both ash and lexi like i'm (laughs) like assigning some of them like the alpha hole and then like (laughs) well right because you you kind of have to because you know as a as an author like um you you want to make sure that the guy especially writing reverse harem where you have at least three guys that you Mm -hmm. want to make distinct like you don't want them to be like these cardboard cutouts that just happen to have different hair colors or something you know so yeah there's usually like yeah you usually like you have the alcohol you have the broody alcohol you know you have the like guy who's kind of sweet you know but like there's more to it than that mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah mm-hmm. um, and that's actually part of the fun is like figuring out the layers because um you know like in apex we obviously have these five professors 
um, and they come from different backgrounds or some of them do because some of them are already kind of a pack. But, you know, clearly we have like multiple alphas in like one group, but like alphas from different backgrounds but then also hierarchy within the group. You know, it's just it's interesting because Cass and I um, and, you know, I'm really trying not to slip up here, but Cass (laughs) and I, we actually each write certain characters, but we're not telling yet who writes who. Um, That's not to say, like, obviously, like, if I write one chapter, like, we read each other's chapters and, like, Cass will then be like, oh, well, so-and-so wouldn't say that or so-and-so would would say this or, like, I I will literally, like, grill her ahead of time because of the way I write where I'm like, okay, well, how would so-and-so react to if so-and-so said this, mm-hmm. like will her ahead of time. So then I can write the chapter. Um, because, because yeah, you're figuring out like all their little quirks. Cause they're like real people. Yep. You know? And sometimes it takes longer than others. Like um, to go back to the Yaga's writers series, I'm thinking about when I was working on rise of the witch book one and like, I remember the the character that took me the longest to figure out was actually Asa. Um, and even though like he's, I think the first guy who gets his own POV chapter in that book, um, which I think I actually went back and added. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do tend to write in order, but as I'm going, sometimes I'm like, okay, I actually need to put a chapter there from so-and-so's point of view or like, you know, occasionally I'll do that to go back and like fill in something. Um, so I think I actually went back and added his, um, but yeah, he was like a hard nut to crack for me. Um, but the funny thing about that is it's like in general, like his personality, especially in that book, I think before he really starts to like heal from some of his own shit is like, he's really, he's actually a hard nut to crack. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it was like kind of ironic or, or fitting, I should say not ironic. It was actually fitting that he was difficult to figure out because he was so he was so closed off yeah. in that book and so like emotionally broken and closed off that like he was like literally like dead inside you know so he was hard to like get into but then obviously like that book like really became about him and about his relationship with Vasi and that's actually you should um you should know that I originally had and I don't know if I've told any of you this before I had originally wanted Yaga's writers to just be a duet and really? it was actually my developmental editor who, who's been one of my longtime readers. She's been with me since like the last series. But she actually convinced me to make it a trilogy specifically because she was pointing out how book one was really Ace's story. And I knew that book two was really going to be a lot of Knox's story. And she's like, well, you know, you got to have a book for like all of them. So clearly, obviously, we're delving into Tan in book three and like, you know, he seems so cheerful and sunny and everything, but like, this poor, this poor man, <laughs> you know, I have, to, I, have to break, I have to break them. But like, you know, that's, that's like part of his mask. Like, you know, we talk about the mask of the Yaga, but like they all have their own masks that they've been wearing. Um, but, but yeah, so anyway, so another thing about that being supposed to have been a duet is that's actually why the Cliffy is so brutal in book one. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought it was going to be a duet. I thought that was going to be the only Cliffy. And that's why it's so awful. <laughs> because I literally was like, well, I got to have it be like, oh, but like this is the big Cliffy. And then everything will get resolved in book two. So it was Just after, kidding. Yeah, so it was after, <laughs> I know, which made things interesting because then, of course, I had to come up with a worse Cliffy 
Yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> you, you like, did that. I mean, wow. I well, yeah, I mean, I couldn't like then have some like lame ass like limp dick like you know <laughs> too. Like oh, it had to home. be bigger. It had to be bigger and worse. And so like that was actually really challenging because I had already kind of mapped out, even though I'm not definitely not a big outliner, but I kind of already mapped out the arc between the two books so then I was like okay so now I have to turn this into like an arc of three books um so that was interesting um but that's that's who you can blame (laughs) all right so go blame this person (laughs) it's her fault how dare you that's so funny um okay so let's do some quick questions let's get back into why like like that is such a cool story and I've actually um so the only time I've ever ever heard of Baba Yaga was from Ant-Man because there's like a tiny little reference from his little sidekick where the ghost pops up or someone pops up and he's like Baba Yaga and he like freaks out and like he tells his whole little Russian story so like what inspired you to do that funny I feel like most people know it from what's the the movie with um Keanu Reeves and that's like his code name um I know what you're talking John Wick. about yes John Wick. yes See, I'm not a John Wick person I want you should be code name and I'm like why would that be a man's code name like Baba Yaga means scary grandma like why would that be <laughs> I don't know I can't like as soon as you start killing dogs I can't watch it <laughs> I don't know yeah I agree with you there um well let's see so I mean, long story short, which is never a short story <laughs> when I go out of ramble, but um, essentially I, you know, was finishing up my Wings of Darkness and Light series, which is, you know, Angels and Demons and Heaven and Hell and, you know, me side-eyeing organized religion. Um, and I, I had another idea that was knocking at the door that I think is going to be next um, that I thought I was going to write after, but then this witchiness kept knocking and I was like, yeah, it would be cool to do one with like a, like a, it's gonna sound off, like a real witch, like a wit, like a, like a, like a, like a fairy tale witch, like someone who's, it's not like a modern day witch who owns a crystal shop. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's not what I want. I didn't want to do that kind of witch, like that modern witch. I wanted to do something that was like old and dark and like really primal. And so I was, you know, thinking about it. Um, and my family, I mean, not that I have any connection to it because I'm long American, but my family <laughs> is, you know, from Russia and Poland. Um, so I've always been aware of Baba Yaga. It's not like it was told to me in the same way that like, you know, Knox hears it from his grandma, you know, like in the old like bedtime story that wasn't like told to me in like that way, but I was just kind of aware of it enough. Um, and I was like, well, that'd be kind of cool. Let me. And so then I went into my research rabbit holes, which I love. I love to, I'm such a research whore. Um, and so I was just, I actually got this beautiful book out from the library that I should probably just buy. It was like this, some historian made this like Baba Yaga collection has these great illustrations, but it was really delved into like different legends and, you know, I was reading, um, you know, and the thing with Baba Yaga is that she's this ambiguous forest witch who's actually neither good nor evil. Like, she's really just supposed to be there as this, like, guide, like, during, in, in whatever way that, that humans happening upon her need her to be. And sometimes they need an adversary and sometimes they need a, a helper. 
Um, so she's not exactly like evil, but then she also had like, you know, was known for like kidnapping and eating children. So I don't know about that. I didn't really go into that with mine. But one of the legends, you know, was about one of the more well-known ones when it comes to Baba Yaga was Vasilisa the Beautiful. It's also called Vasilisa like the, the wise or the brave sometimes. It's not always about her beauty, even though it is clearly. Um, and, you know, reading that one, that really captivated me because I was like, well, wouldn't that be interesting that if... Obviously, in that legend, Vasilisa Vasi is like a separate, like a separate person, and she encounters Baba Yaga in the woods. And on the way there, she encounters three riders, and it's very, it's very random. It's very like, like she's literally just on her way to Baba Yaga's hut, and she happens to see like with, with the changing of the time of day, like at dawn, like she sees a a man wearing white on a white horse go by. And then like at m- midday noon or whatever, she sees a man in red on a red horse go by. And then like, just as she's getting to Baba Yaga's hut, she sees a man in black on a black horse. She's just like, well, that was fucking weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like they really like don't address it. And it only gets addressed like once later on in the tale where she kind of asks Baba Yaga about like, well, I saw these men, like who were they? And Baba Yaga is just like, well, those are my writers. And that's li- like, literally, that's like the only explanation. And of course, like this book that I had gotten out, like kind of delved into it and like what they could mean, you know, because obviously historians get a hold of this and they like go nuts, you know, which is always interesting to me. But so that that got my wheels turning because I was like, OK, well, this is like essentially writing itself as a reverse harem because you need at least three men and here's three men. <laughs> and wouldn't it be interesting if Vasilisa somehow was Baba Yaga, or in this case became Baba Yaga, like she's still the Vasilisa, Vasi as we call her, of the legend, but somewhere along the line, like after the usual legend like ends, some shit went down and she became Baba Yaga. That's awesome. That's kinda, that was kind of like my thinking with it. And then and yes, it kind of wrote itself. I mean, there's so many things in this series that I've written down that I literally didn't even make up. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is like, there's so much in like Slavic folklore and these different like being creatures and monsters, if you want to call them that. And like, like, it's so weird, but it's like someone else came up with this, you know, and it fits the story and things just kind of like Koshay the Deathless is, you know, a big adversary, a big enemy. Um, although he's also kind of ambiguous, even though he's creepy as hell, but like he's also slightly ambiguous too, because that's the nature of him in all of these legends. So, so it like it it became a challenge, but also easy at times to kind of weave together all these little these little elements because they fit with each other like naturally. Mm-hmm. So. That is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, it became fun. Just it's yeah. fun. every time I get like I get a lot of shower thoughts because I don't drive so much anymore. <laughs> but like I get a lot of thoughts in the showers where things will just like click. I'm like, oh my god, yes. Which is a lot of how I get myself out of my like self-induced plot holes. <laughs> like let's be honest, because I get myself into a lot of plot holes that I then have to like spin my way out of. But a lot of the time, something will just kind of click where I'm like, oh. And sometimes it's it clicks so perfectly that I'm like. 
I get almost like suspicious of my own brain. I'm like, did I figure that out somehow, like subconsciously? Because like that was totally a plot hole waiting to happen. <laughs> Yet I've somehow like figured it out in a way that makes sense. That doesn't seem like a stretch. So it's like, that's, I mean, that's part of the creative process, right? You have to kind of like trust, trust the muse. Yeah. Oh, that's so hard too. Yeah. You get stuck and then you're like, you feel like you're never going to get out of it. And then all of a sudden you're doing something random. Usually mine's vacuuming or showering. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's important. And I need to take my own advice here for reals is to like take breaks, (laughs) like not just write every spare moment, like read a book or watch something on Netflix. Everything. I mean, that's the life of the creative. You're like constantly like a little sponge. You're like constantly yeah. um, soaking things in, take a walk, mm-hmm. you know, and something yeah. will come to you. So yeah. I really need to like, I, that's like new year resolution, but like starting now, mm-hmm. like <laughs> resolution. I think um, Gabby and I say it a lot. Sometimes we feel guilty when we're not writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm not, or I'm not being productive. I mean, that's like a whole, yeah. that's a whole capitalist. It's a whole mental <laughs> thing too. <laughs> I'm sick. (laughs) American thing. Yeah, that's American. Um, But yeah, so yeah, and it's hard because it actually is productive to spend your time doing other things that like fill your cup, as they say. Yeah. Take care of yourself. I was always taught, like my mom made me read this book. I was going to say something mean, but I'm going (laughs) to keep my tongue Um, my mom made me read this book that, um, it, it was teaching you how to manage your time. So it said that you put the big boulders into the glass first and, um, that's your most important things. And then you put the little rocks in and then you dust it with the pebbles and the sand or whatever afterwards. And for me, I was like, I understand like the most important things, but I would get so caught up on making the more most important things like things that I thought as productive, whereas like self-care should be the most important thing where it's oftentimes the dust. Right. Right. And sometimes it's actually, it's funny because I've heard that, um, that method or whatever before, but I've also heard the opposite where I've heard people suggest that you like do some of the easier things first. Mm-hmm. just to kind of like almost like reward yourself like I got things done and then you can maybe tackle a more you know difficult project maybe one that you've been procrastinating on which is like story of my life yeah um but, <laughs> yeah. oh, you guys are seeing how I do my bun <laughs> I love I it I feel like we're led on a secret right I know now. I actually have really long hair Oh, uh, yeah. It looks super I, thick. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, the it's, same. Like, yeah, it's a wool scarf, essentially. It's it's like, I've. It's, this is ethnic hair problems. Like, oh, like, yeah. Super thick, super dry. It's like a big hair, <laughs> which is why it stands up so well on its own, because it's <laughs> like a wool scarf. Um, for anyone who cares about the pine, the, it's actually called the pineapple, which for those of you who've read the Yago's Rider series, you know what the word the pineapple, pineapple. is. <laughs> <laughs> is why I called it that which is why I use that as for the word um oh actually I just wrote a scene where that word came up again for a book oh my god I just wrote the spiciest scene this weekend killing me I know I actually think well you know I could always drop a teaser into this but I'm actually thinking because I realized that we're actually 
the the pre-order goals can kind of stress me out sometimes, but I actually realized that we're only five away from like 200 from like the, what would be a goal. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I've got to think of something juicy. So I might actually tease this particular scene because people always just want for the teasers. They really just want the sex. Like, you know what I mean? They just want the spice. I used to ask, I'd like do polls in my Facebook group. Like, okay guys, like we're about to hit a goal. Like, do you want like a really sweet scene or like me? And like, everyone's just like, sex. (laughs) (laughs) We'll sell nudes for sex scenes. (laughs) Nobody cares. I mean, they do. We talk. Oh, Brit. What? What was that? That thing it okay, was, we did the meeting last weekend. Is that what it yeah. was? It was we'll sell nudes for arcs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or we'll trade nudes for arcs. Yes. Yes. Oh gosh. Show us your buns and we'll give you arcs. Yes. True. But but yeah, so I think um I think I might tease this um it's a spicy scene. It's essentially um it's essentially like Asa being a good little sub. <laughs> oh, is need it? <laughs> yeah, it's spicy. I will. I, will I like. I like got a little like. Like I like kind of like fluster myself when I'm writing, and I get really sweaty, and then I. Like, have to, so like, we all need to create a second Amazon account, and- right? That's what I'm yes. about to say. Let me. Let me <laughs> like, go find I everyone again? I know. <laughs> right, right. I know because that's the thing. It's like all my like hardcore people are like pre-ordering no problem but there's also people like like I'm aware like I you know I try to hit these pre-order goals and pre-orders really help us as authors like gauge interest in books of course but it's not the whole story because um, Nadine was telling me that she and a lot of her friends in in the community like they actually purposefully don't pre-order because they they want to give us the KU reads once our book comes out, because we get paid for the first time someone reads our books through KU. And so what they do is they'll actually wait until release day, read it through the first time KU so that we get the KU royalties and then they then they purchase it so that we get paid twice, which is a super cool thing to do. And I was like, well, that was real. That's really nice. So like I'm, I'm aware that there's people who do that or people, of course, who like only can read on KU and like that's what they can afford. And that's totally yeah cool as well like totally cool um but so yeah so I know it's not the whole story but um but it's fun it's fun to like get people excited about the Mm pre-orders you know but like summer was a little slow um but I think that was that way for everyone and we were all kind of like let out of our cages you know so I don't think people were like you know at least temporarily now we're back (laughs) but um but yeah I think people were just kind of like doing their own thing this summer um but yeah, and now I'm thinking, I'm like thinking about that spicy scene. It's so spicy. <laughs> so excited. I actually, I just wrote something the other day and my fiance was like, um, will you read it to me? And I was like, you, you, you want me to oh. read it out loud? <laughs> yeah, I encourage that, Gabby. But that's why I'm getting Derek to read all of like Agoff, uh, Atod. He's reading, he's going to read, um, kbb when it comes out like encourage it we are (laughs) slowly converting brit's fiance to reading all of our smutty books yeah that's amazing my husband has actually not really read my books i actually want and the problem is is like he doesn't do he's like a man without social media he's like this like secretive like mystery (laughs) like like, wanting like because the fact that he hasn't read them 
like, I think it would be hilarious for me to like, for TikTok, for me to like film him while I read him certain scenes, mm-hmm. like the Vajuju voodoo scene, like he would he's just, just like in the corner, what the fuck? <laughs> cracking up, like dying. Like he is like, he has such a good sense of humor. It's like one of my favorite things about him. But like, um, yeah, I think when I first, first started writing, I asked him to kind of look at it. Like when I was first writing Shadow Spark and he actually gave me some good feedback on that. Cause he's actually a writer, but he's more like, like dude reads like Hemingway and Faulkner and, oh. <laughs> oh. and dude. And like he, um, actually I need to post this on social. He actually just got, um, a short story picked up by like a local newspaper or, or magazine or whatever. Um, which is cool. Like he was like telling me, he was like all proud. Share it. I'm going to go buy like 12 copies of it. I know, but it's funny (laughs) because apparently like I asked him to send it to me through, you know, docs or whatever, so I could read it. Apparently this is of course my sense of humor, which you guys know and love because you've read my books, but apparently his story is called raw deal. Oh no! <laughs> uh, it's not. It's about like he says. It's about a guy who's buying a chat, like a parcel of land or something. But I'm like, okay, like that's not okay. Right. <laughs> that's right. the first place our mind goes. I know we're gonna read it and we're gonna be super disappointed. I'll be like, ooh, rock, yeah, that sounds like that's <laughs> about dude like buying land. Like, oh, <laughs> it'll make me think of my contracts classes. I'll be like, oh. Yeah, you'll be like, um, where's like, where's the spice? Are they like, <laughs> like, are they gonna like? Is that how they're gonna? Is that they're gonna? Is that gonna be like their consideration? Is gonna be like a, a sexy? No, oh. yeah, no, no. <laughs> I know it's really hard to read books without spice now for me. I mean, because I really used to. I mean, granted, my my reading time is so limited now, just being an author and the fact that I'm super slow at both re- reading and writing, but. So I generally will just read RH or at least spicy MF. Like I've actually, um, I'm almost done, but I'm reading um, the Bound Witch series by Ivy Asher. And mm-hmm. It's spicy, but it's MF. It's, I mean, she's written Reverse Harem in the Past. It's so good. Such a good series. Um, so I'll read MF if it's just, if it's spicy, but like, I can't, I feel like I'm broken now. Maybe not broken. Free. <laughs> <laughs> not broken it's but funny because I, yeah, I, I my dad and I don't talk as much as we used to and um I asked him yesterday I was like I know because I know my stepmom reads mm-hmm. and apparently he's been reading too and he was like I was like what are you guys reading I haven't told my parents that I'm writing this book mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm so scared but he was he said he's like oh just gay stuff and I was like what like (laughs) dad (laughs) but they've been reading like historical fiction and like things like that so typical romance historical fiction but I doubt it's smutty okay but it's not mm it's not it's not I don't know he didn't go into detail (laughs) I'm so confused by that comment I know he I it's funny though because I feel like he thought he was being funny and being sarcastic but not realizing what I read and what I know so when (laughs) he mean did he mean like he was he was meaning it like it was like like stuff that chicks like probably yeah (laughs) yeah like what do you that way yeah all right that's interesting yeah it's funny like my parents know what I write um but like I've forbidden them from reading it 
Like, I just don't want them to read so, it. So, like, how do we do that? How do we tell people? I that mean, I suppose you can't, like, stop them if they really want to. But, like, like, I just told my mom, like, I'd really rather you not because it's really spicy. And, like, that's weird because that came out of my head. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I grew it'd, be, up. Like, it's, it'd be different. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's, it's like, it was different when I... Um, like I was the art director for Playgirl magazine for a few years when I was um, living in New York City because I went to school there and I lived there for 10 years. And like, of course, my family knew then what I did. And like, I didn't give two shits if people wanted to like go pick up a Playgirl. Actually, my like 80 something year old Nana like wandered into the store one time, apparently, and was like, I had a Playgirl. Like she didn't know what it was, but she like bought it because she wanted to support me. Like, as, Can I tell you something that you would appreciate? I have all your books on my Kindle. I got my grandmother into using Kindle and she's reading, she just finished Tate James and now she's about to start your books. Which, which one is she starting? Is she starting? I don't know which one she's starting with. I have to ask her, but she got me into reading smutty books. So now she's reading all of my smutty books. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a totally different thing. So I hear that a lot of people who like were introduced to like, maybe like Harlequin romances or grandma or mom. That's not the case in my family. So I could see that totally. Like if that was the case, that would be, I would have no problem with like my mom, like, but, but so, yeah. So when I was a playgirl, like, obviously like I was in charge and it was like naked dudes and like this and that, but like, it wasn't like coming out of my head. It wasn't like words and scenes and scenarios and the Legos fitting together in a way that came out of my fucking head. Like that to me is the part that I'm like, I really don't want you to see that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's There's, not much that it's spicy. Is that like, if she wants to go read spicy books, I really don't care. But even though she doesn't, she's a huge reader, but not necessarily spicy. That wouldn't bother me. It's just the fact that I really don't want her, like, knowing what I came up. With. <laughs> yeah, I no, yeah, I would not be like, oh yeah, here, mom, read this sex scene I just wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like because of sex scenes. Like, I'm actually like really proud of my plot and like the quality of the writing. And like, I totally wouldn't if it if it was fade to black or like you know, like I totally be like, yeah, read it. But it's it's entirely Uh sexy. (laughs) Fucking weird and dirty. I get. I mean, (laughs) this isn't like basic sex scene like ever. (laughs) Like, so my like my dad is a super proud man. So anytime I do something, he puts it on blast, and I'm like, I want to tell him that I'm doing this, and he's like, Chris was like, why don't you just send him a redacted version of your book? (laughs) (laughs) Because it'd be like like make mine. Oh my gosh, like a whole <laughs> chapter is like redacted. Redacted. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I don't think I could ever do that because I mean I grew up super conservative and my mom was literally like when we were still talking, she was like, You need to write something that's gonna glorify God. And I was like, After that would I'm literally be. yeah, no, I'm like literally gonna write, sorry, mom. <laughs> like, no. the, the dedication is womp. <laughs> yeah, but I feel Look like me dad, now. He listens to our podcast. I feel like your dad would be super supportive of. Oh, my dad is so supportive. I okay, oh. so I'll tell this story because it's hilarious, and I want Corinne to hear it. But um, my dad and his girlfriend they listened to my podcast, and she was listening to it on like 
out loud. And, and we were interviewing Scarlett and it got to the part that I asked, what is your cock of the week? And my dad looks over at her and said, can you turn that off? It was hilarious because he like he like skipped all that part and and whatever, but he he like listens to our stuff and it's hilarious to me because I'm embarrassed. <laughs> but no. it's great. I know that's really hard because like and I see that in some of my author friends were like, Grandpa's been reading my books and like it's really sweet, but it's like grandpa, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> grandpa. And like um, I actually think it's I actually think it's R.L. Calder whose grandpa like is reading her books and he like sends she like shares the like screen grabs of their texts or whatever and he's like I really liked the plot and the part where blah 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 and she's just like oh god <laughs> <laughs> like, really supportive and he actually was really enjoying them but she's like so what's happening is he just like not reading the sex like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just skipping those pages Maybe. I mean I guess you could I mean I'm of I'm of the mind where like like the way I write the sex scenes, like, yeah, I guess you could skip over them if you really wanted to, but there's actually a purpose to them usually. And it's getting the relationships along or whatever. Like I feel that way. Like I, I try not to have too, too many sex scenes that feel like extraneous. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, I, I, I still feel like you would, it would be difficult to just skip over them or like, like you wouldn't get the right the right arc for the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll see what yeah. happens. Maybe he'll get chapter one. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Is he gonna get chapter one? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, it's hard also because like, do you want like you know my mom, which is fine. It's totally fine with me, but like, I definitely like I don't really want her like talking about my books with her friends either like I don't want her friends reading them either because they're all like chatty bitties like I don't want them like (laughs) talking about my books and like coming over the house like hey (laughs) (laughs) I heard you wrote something I don't know I don't don't think I will share because I said it yesterday or the day before if like if only these girls read the books I'm going to be happy I don't need everyone to read it and tell me their opinion However, <laughs> it needs to be shouted from the rooftops because it's fucking good, Lexi. So good. <laughs> so good. But yeah, everyone is going to have an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know they will. Oh, yeah. If it's the wrong opinion, though, we'll just beat them up and you'll never see it. Yeah. <laughs> there's obviously there's like good marketing in really bad reviews, which <laughs> like I take my yes. I take my best worst reviews the most the most horrified and offended reviews that I like to make they're hilarious <laughs> I actually I mean Goodreads has actually become such a negative place for me and it's sad because I know people like readers truly love Goodreads but I actually have Nadine um go to Goodreads for me and pull out she pulls out like the really nice reviews into a doc for me so I can like Aww. still and obviously I can look on Amazon because only a couple bad reviews end up there um but obviously Goodreads it's like free for all um, but she also pulled, yeah, she pulls the negative reviews or parts of them that she knows that I can use because like those are really good marketing. And I know that like, there's mixed feelings on that on. Um, and I get that where people like might not like that their bad reviews are being used in that way. 
but like at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, they're not going to read my books again anyway. So if they want to get mad at me, if they, if they they like my shit, so if they want (laughs) to put those words out in the public, then they should get used. Well, that's, and that's actually where it gets really tricky because I know that there's a, you know, very, you know, rightful reader opinions that, you know, once an author puts their work out there and puts a, some say once you put a price tag on it, although I think that's splitting hairs, but like once it's out there in the public that like people should be able to say whatever they want about it. I'm like, yeah, I guess I can see that. But like, if that's going to be your opinion, then it also applies that if you are putting your review out in the public and your opinion, then that review is also available for anyone to do with what they want. It's one thing if like you literally are like, have a private blog and you're blogging and like whatever like clearly that's not then available so um does that mean that we can use this one person that i'm talking about's review and blast it all over the place i mean like i feel like it gets so tricky and i know people get really heated about it um and i actually try like i've had some negative reviews where and it's totally fine to like not like a book and to leave a negative review. And I've had yeah. some it's like they like I purposefully don't use the ones where you can tell it just wasn't their cup of tea. And mm-hmm. they just being like like there was one I, I came. I think it was on Amazon. Maybe it's on Goodreads, too, where the person was just like, yeah, like this is about Yaga's writers. And they essentially were just like, you know, I really just felt like the lengths they went like during sex like to be kind of primal and stuff was like a little too much and like yeah I could totally like use that in marketing like that would totally be a winner with marketing but I could tell that the person was very much just like like it just wasn't for them and they weren't bashing and they weren't being like this author's sick like you know like you know what I mean they weren't being rude they were just being like yeah this just didn't do it for me and I felt like it was a little much but like it wasn't in a rude way and so like while I would feel like I could be totally entitled to use that and that it would totally be marketing gold coming as someone who's a professional marketer. Like I felt that that wasn't appropriate. Mm -hmm. So like, it's really a fine line. And like, so to me, the ones that are like game on or when they just like show up on Goodreads to like tear me a fucking new one and just be like, so rude. And I'm just like, well, here we go. <laughs> like, I have a strong opinion yeah, about that vibe. Then I feel like, well, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. 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 I like, have a really, you know, people can say like that's immature or like, you know, not appropriate. And I'm like, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's fine. And I'm going to do what I want. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I feel strongly about reviews specifically because, I mean, if it's constructive criticism, and I think that maybe, I I mean, I myself don't plan on reading reviews because I have the um, emotional capacity of P, like I will cry over everything. Yep. Um, but if there's like someone being constructive, like, I don't know, I'm not going to try and make one up, but that would be nice. But if you're just going there to bash the book, I don't think that's very kind nor 
Yeah. And people get really, I mean, they have opinions about <laughs> harem in general, but also very much opinions. People are very particular about what they like in a sex scene. And so if you're not like hitting those notes or they think your shit's weird, which let's be honest, my <laughs> shit is weird. <laughs> which, like I don't make it a secret. I'm like, you're going to get some weird shit that's still going to be hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, it's like people showing up like I haven't gone into the tentacle porn realm. I'm not saying I won't. Uh, <laughs> People show up in reviews on the tentacle porn or the alien porn books and they're just like, oh, and you're like, bitch, you read an alien porn book. Like, you yeah, porn. what did you expect? Like my my stuff, it's paranormal romance. Like we got witches here. We got like, mm-hmm. you no, know, she likes blood. I mean, like, I don't know what to say. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> So it's like when people are just like pearl clutching, horrified, I'm like, well, that's, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, but back to um, what Gabby was saying about constructive, constructive criticism can really help. It's hard because I get it. It's hard to read bad reviews. The first bad review I ever got on Shadow Spark, which was my very first book, like I was like devastated, like, because I didn't have like my readers yet. I didn't really have like my people. And so like, when you're not hearing anything, like you're not hearing this, like what everyone loves about it. And then you get like this scathing review. You're like, Oh God, like, you know what I mean? It's just really hard. But I did see um, in early shadow spark reviews, there were definitely, um, or even like until recently, because it wasn't until recently that I revamped that series and like literally re-edited book one and added like 10,000 words in the re-edit because that book didn't get the same editing love as books two and three. Mm-hmm. And I knew that and I knew it could be better, but I was already onto something else. But it, it's, it, it was like, you know, nagging at me. Like I knew I needed to go back and like make it a better experience for readers and for, you know, to have this better product. Um, and a lot of that came from you know, when you'll see themes in the reviews of people complaining about the same thing, or maybe not complaining or just saying, oh, I wish it had more of this or whatever. And in that case, it was a lot of like, there was just some general confusion at times when it came to like world building. And that was like a common theme I saw in reviews. And so that comes to the point where you're like, okay, like it's not just some one ranting crazy person and I can just, you know, shrug it off as, oh, this reviewer is just like, it wasn't their thing, you know? Like if you see it enough times in reviews and you're like, hmm, you know, I guess I probably could explain X, Y, Z a little better and make sure that, you know, people understand more about the world of Wings of Darkness and Light, you know? And so I took that and really that helped me know where the blind spots were because I think with my first series, especially with book one, I think I obviously as I wrote more and got into book two and three, it got better, but I don't think I had mastered with that very first book. Cause of course who masters much with their first book, but I don't think I had mastered the way that I tease information in a set, in a way that is sly and purposeful and gives you just enough to keep you wanting more without giving it away. Like, I don't think I had mastered that yet in shadow spark. So sometimes it came across as like just confusing, like, what is that about? You know, some, a reader would get lost or like DNF. Um, and so that's what I went back and fixed. Um, you know, so it's never like, it's hard to get your books out into the world, but like, especially with self-publishing, like you can literally like, just go back and like re-edit. <laughs> like yeah. that's it. And I gave it new covers and I like, mm-hmm. you know, 
added 10k to like book one and so now like less like obviously hopefully i don't continue to see reviews that say that i hope that i solved the problem but you know yeah you're never gonna please anyone everyone well that's true too yeah Yeah. i'm learning that (laughs) Um, (laughs) i can barely please myself (laughs) really hard it's hard um but yeah yeah you just like get better as you do it more like with anything just practice Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I find that and I don't even have the first draft done. Like I love part two so much more than part one. So right now I'm going back to part one and trying to like fix what I've learned. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I do the same thing. I mean, like that's, that's my big like line edits. I mean, you wouldn't believe like as I'm writing, cause I essentially mostly write in order and I'm working on book three in Yaga's writers, I literally like change my mind on things or like, you know, I, I'm constantly going back to previous chapters and like, oh, I have to make sure to add that in there because otherwise this chapter doesn't make sense. So it's like, it's a, it's not a straight line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's like- yeah, I just like part, so I'm working on part two for my book right now. And um, I was like, something's not working here and I need to fix it. So I went in and I was like, this person that I was going to murder off, um, I was like, I was going to wait until like closer to the end of the book for this to happen. And I was like, it's not working there. And I think it needs to happen sooner. So I like had to rework this whole thing into like the first like couple chapters of part two to make it work. And now I have to rewrite like some of the emotions for the, the following chapters. And it's weird. It's definitely like this. <laughs> it's like you throw wrenches into your own plans yep essentially i mean my characters are throwing wrenches at me constantly oh yeah Um, like a lot of like the revelations that happen in the books i know you guys read them and you're like (gasps) (laughs) like actually like that's essentially what happened to me when i was writing it because a lot of the times stuff will just come up when you're like oh shit like what like they just like throw wrenches at me um and then i have to kind of rework and rewrite around that and then, yeah, of course, go back and fix, like, previous chapters or something. Because yeah. now something doesn't make sense. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, everyone's helping, though, which is nice. Because I know <laughs> I like, I'm such a sharer. So as soon as I get something done, I want I want to share it. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are certain things that I haven't shared with everybody. Everyone has a little, little piece here and there that everyone else doesn't know. Because I still want certain things to be a surprise. Yeah, like little puzzle pieces. Oh, I know. And that's the thing I share. I constantly share um, little screen because I I write on my phone a lot, too, just because I'm literally like I just like to like be a sloth in bed. So I'm like working on my phone and talks (laughs) a lot of the time. But I'll send little like screen grabs of very, very um, purposefully trimmed parts to like Nadine or Cass or whatever. But I'm still like trying to be I mean, they know some things that are coming in um in call of the ride um that are going to be surprises but i actually like i mean they both alpha read for me so i like to try to like i like those real-time reactions because my alpha readers they don't they get at the doc all at once i don't do what some authors do where they'll send like chapters mm-hmm. or, or sections or whatever and have the alphas work as they go i send like the finished doc you know or first draft and i do it in google's 
Google Docs because I love all the comments on the side because obviously people put in like suggested edits or like mm. suggestions or whatever, but the comments are what killed me because all the alphas start having a party in the comment section of being like, what the fuck was that? And, like, <laughs> what the fuck? and they're just like answering each other. And like, it's just really funny to me because it's like real-time reactions. Mm-hmm. So I gave away if I told them too many of the like goodies ahead of time, then it, it wouldn't be that like, uh, you know, yeah. like horrified or like surprised or like vindicated like reactions or whatever, like in the, in the comment section. Which I, I, like, I just love, I love them as much as I love the tears of my arc readers, like, after the cliffies like the arc you know the loving hate from my arc readers that like just pour into my dms i'm like i just love it so i like very, like a lot of them have been reading for me since like my very first book so they know like they like i keep telling like that's what i answer i'm like you know what you're trying to be what did you expect what did you expect like you know they're like but we love it but i hate you. <laughs> I've been, it hurts um, so good. It so does. I've been beta reading for this one author for now two books and I love her so much. And we've gotten to the point where like I'll voice note her after my beta read. And I was like, I don't I don't. She said something and then I ended my voice note with like, girl. And then she responded back and she was like, wait, it sounded like you were going to say something. And I was like, I was just going to give you shit for this one character and like, blah, blah, blah. But I felt bad. <laughs> but we actually love it. I love when people pop in. I mean, you girls do it constantly. <laughs> I love it so much because I, I mean, and like, I think I would be like, feel it wouldn't be as satisfying if I didn't get those like real time reactions or, you know, those real personal notes from people because it really puts it into, it really makes it real. Like how much like my books are like affecting other people. Whereas like a review like does too, but a review is still a review. I mean, like it's, it still has a level of separation and, you know, maybe formality the way that some people do reviews, you know, like it's just, it's still like its own thing that still is very touching to see when someone writes a really nice review and like totally blows my skirt up. But to get like the little notes from people or the the voice memo, like girl, like, you know, <laughs> like I love that. It just like, it makes me like, it just, it feels good to like know that people are like connecting, especially if they connect to a certain character mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, you all got very like protective of like Dee Dee, from like let yes. us and that was exactly it like that was a very different um you know main character than either Cass or I had written before like she's like really young and she's really naive and she gets like really abused and like hurt you know it was so, so like I know we're running out of time a little bit but she's so different than like Bossy or Sid it's so yeah. different and I haven't read much of Cass's, I haven't read any of Cass's books, but I was like, okay, I still love her though. Like she, I cannot wait yeah. for her to like tear some shit up in the next book. Right. Well, that's <laughs> like, and that's why we did, again, while we did the prequel, because we felt you needed, you needed to understand where she was coming from before she shows up at mm-hmm. Apex. A lot yeah. more related than she was previously. <sighs> a lot of people re, uh, related to Dee Dee just because, like, so many of us dealt with like bullshit friends, like fake friends, or like family, really shit, like <laughs> a family, or like that shitty boyfriend 
who was like awful in bed. <laughs> True. <laughs> so relatable, you know, yes. like we're all pa- like well past, I'm well past high school, but like, I think, and I don't want to, I, <sighs> this is a spoiler and we're getting towards the end of the episode. So if you haven't read it yet, cause I don't want to cut this out. Um, but it's like so many authors write your first time as this magical moment <laughs> and everyone doesn't relate to it. And then we have Dee Dee and Small Dick Todd in a field after <laughs> the dance. <laughs> and we're like, oh, thank you for that. Right. So else feels my pain. Right. And um, yeah, I actually uh, was joking with, with Cass and Nadine about that scene because I was like, um, you know, I'm like, we should just start giving ourselves like the orange tags or awards that I think that we need to give ourselves an award for best worst sex scene. Yes. <laughs> it was purposefully written that way. And like, you know, obviously there's some actually like good spicy spice in the book too, which mm-hmm. it was, we were limited with the spice because obviously Dee Dee hasn't like gotten with her harem yet. Yeah. So we have like the, the spicy MM. Um, but then like, yeah, like we're like, okay, it's gonna have to be a bad sex scene. And like, people are just like, it's not hot. It's not (laughs) hot. hot. (laughs) I was, gosh, I I don't want to say I was hoping that it was going to be one of the professors. Mm -hmm. Oh, this would be really spicy. If like something bad, like Todd was too drunk or something crazy happened. And all of a sudden she hooked up with a professor. And I I think I was, I was messaging Ash and I was like, if she has sex with him, I am throwing my Kindle. (laughs) (laughs) Cause me and Lexi were reading that day. Like I was like, you sent us the message, like tagged us in the post. Like I was in the line, dropping off my kid at school. And I'm like, doing my hair and putting my makeup on and I'm like holding my Kindle, like reading and trying to get ready for work. And then I get to work and I'm like sneaking my Kindle out every like 15 minutes. Like I just need a chapter. It's fine. Right. 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 And, and then I I was a little bit ahead of Lexi, like, I think like three chapters ahead of her, like the whole day. And so she's like, if we, if we get to the sex scene and oh my God, I was like, just wait, just wait. I'm going to riot. Yeah. Yeah, It was so bad. I was like, tell Chris to like have a pillow on the ground where you throw your Kindle or something (laughs) like don't, don't break it. But it's like, we easy to write bad sex of course it's hard hard enough to write good sex but like to write bad sex it's so funny because we we do rage and we feel like we're gonna throw a hissy fit but honestly we don't we throw a hissy fit but not as bad because honestly that was needed like that was needed so hard right and now it's like okay yeah we got this (laughs) he has her shit list now like literal shit list Mm -hmm. It's the best shit list ever. Right. Has anyone so ever like read the click books? They're like OG. Um, no, it's like YA, super YA. I, them, I think in like middle school, they're like these girls. And at the end of like every book or chapter or whatever, the main character Massey would do like an in and out list. So it was like in and like, sandals and like (laughs) ice cream or whatever and then out would be like Claire or like whoever and it made me think of that it was like flashback to like my middle school years of like wanting to be (laughs) a badass right and it's so true I mean it's just everything's so relatable here you know oh yeah that hurts I had so many flashbacks while reading that book so many flashbacks (laughs) I'm a 
it was a big debate actually between not debate, but it was a big conversation between Cass and I of like how how much abuse do we show? Because we we are both actually very and again, some people write it and it's totally fine. It's just not our jam to do like the kind of like torture porn, like the real torturous. Mm-hmm. torture porn is probably like the wrong way to say it but I think about if anyone who's read like Loxley Savage books like that's like like she's really good at it like there's a lot of like like abuse and dark shit and like whatever in her books and she does it very well but it's like stuff like that's like hard for me to read as a reader and like it's really like not something that I that I want to write and so we really didn't want to go into that realm but we also didn't want to like sugarcoat like Dee Dee's home life um so that was like, we really were like going through the entire doc and like trying to figure out like, where can we put, so you really get a sense, like understand what she's really up against. She's not just like poor little rich girl, like with mommy doesn't love her and drinks a lot. Like it's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so yeah, that's awesome. the challenge. Yeah. We loved it. We can't wait for the next one. So let's move. We lost, uh, we lost Jess. Apparently her internet went out. So maybe she'll join us back. Um, hopefully she can get back on. It's really, well, it's not so windy anymore, but it's been very windy here in Maine today. So I'm wondering yeah. if she's like getting some yeah. craziness. Yeah. It's storming here in Florida. It was thundering really bad. Um, yeah, 50 shades of sun over here. Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever, desert dwellers. Um, I would trade me. <laughs> Complain, trade me. <laughs> um, so give us a little bit of info, info on Call of the Ride, because I know we don't have a complete release date yet for Let Us Pray. It's still being teased. Yeah. We're hoping it's sooner, but Call of the Ride, it's coming up. Like we're yeah. so, it's yeah. marked on our calendars. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yikes. Um, yeah, I officially made the release date October 27th. I figured it makes sense to make sure to squeeze it into October for spooky season, my favorite month. Halloween's my favorite holiday. It's just, it's witchy, it makes sense. Um, so yeah, that is coming up. Um, which means I probably need to get my shit together. Um, <laughs> I'm working away on it though. Um, and yeah, I would say that I'm about halfway through the first draft. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure what, what do you want to know? Barring, you know, my team. <laughs> so we may, you're teasing us with a teaser, a potential teaser in Discord mm-hmm. if we get a certain number of uh, pre-orders. So everybody, please go pre-order this book if you Please, please, please. Hurry, <laughs> hurry. The Kindle thing, like we told you. I'll, I'll drop like a tiny, I'll drop like a teaser of the teaser, like in Discord <laughs> after this. Okay, we're going to run to that. Um, <laughs> so... It's going to be out October 27th. It's the third and final book, right? Yes. It's so, you know, as I said, it was supposed to be a duet, but <laughs> it's definitely like this is going to wrap up like the main storyline is not going to be a cliffy. Okay. I do find that I'm gearing things up for there to be um, a possible spinoff with a side <laughs> character, um, which I can't, I can't say if that's going to be like written right after. Okay. Um, I do know that like authors can struggle with audiences with spinoffs and such. And like, mm-hmm. is it better to like do it later? Like right after? I'm not sure. Um, and also like, I do want to then focus on let us pray. So I don't think it would be right after. Okay. Um, I mean, it's pretty easy for those of you who've read the books to like guess who like the side character would be. 
um, for a spinoff, or maybe not. Maybe you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but based on based on one of the teasers that let's say like based on one of the teasers I dropped in your Discord, you can take an educated guess. Yes. Who this the yes. spinoff would be about? <laughs> um, because that particular character has actually dropped a couple bombshells on me in this book that I wasn't oh. really expecting. Um, so, so it sounds like they want a spinoff. <laughs> Yes. I love when they take over like that. Just took over. Um, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I know it is. It is. It does get tricky because sometimes you have to then kind of clean up your own mess. <laughs> like, thanks for that. Yes. <laughs> a bombshell, but now I have to like make everything else match. Um, but yeah, it is going to be the final um, book in that trilogy, and then you know, like I said, I'm gonna you know really focus on Let Us Pray. I know Cass is working on book one. I mean, she has her like longer running series, her code name series um, that I was mentioning earlier, but she's actually working on trying to get her book one out of her more recent series, her um, Return to the Hollow or Road to the Hollow series. Um, so we're both trying to like, <laughs> we're both like raising against time to like write those books for like, you know, releases in the next, you know, month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think we're both planning on really focusing on Let Us Pray Together um just because of the way we write it like I was saying we each have different characters um to be revealed we'll reveal them someday of who writes who and we'll take guesses um but but yeah we essentially like we still write in order we're like oh it's your turn now and they're like oh (laughs) (laughs) um you know but then I do have another um I have another book that's been knocking on the door that I thought I was going to write um after Um, Wings of Darkness and Light. I thought it was going to be my next book, Um, but then this witchiness kind of snuck in and took over, Um, which I'm glad it did because it really seems to, the Yaga's writer seems to have really like put me on the map more than I was before. Um, But yeah, this, um, I'm thinking this could all, this is all subject to change because nothing stays as it should be when it comes to my writing, but um, (laughs) it's, it should be a very thick standalone like I'm thinking that it's going to be standalone and it's going to be in the like Greek gods type of realm but not the usual not the Hades and Persephone <laughs> <laughs> that <everyone's jumping> on. <laughs> yeah. a lot of people do that one too which I don't know if you guys have read or listened to Neon Gods holy shit Oh yeah, <laughs> we talked about that. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> hyperventilating. Um, but anyway, um, so not Hades and Persephone, not the usual, really not the usual characters at all. Because of course it wouldn't be. Of course I wouldn't just do something normal. <laughs> um, but that's all I want to say for now. Um, so it's in the Greek gods realm. Um, but we're gonna say it's like um, I will say that it, it'll be like a mix of you know Greek gods meets like how Stella got her groove back. Like that's kind of the. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. I'm curious. <laughs> like a human um, FMC dealing with this like situation. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, and if- now I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. I know, right? And apparently Disney is supposed to be putting out their like live action Hercules at some point in the next year. They've been very like tricky about that. So like they don't make Hades hot. I'm gonna be so mad. I know. <laughs> it's funny you say that because you know the cartoon Hercules like Hades and that is like thousand percent the inspiration for Velez in the, the Yaga's writers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
that's who I was basing it off of is James <laughs> like Hades. Like he was just like, he like freaks the fuck out. He's like, I'm cool. I'm cool. <laughs> that's exactly like, <laughs> that's who I was basing Velez on because he's essentially like the Hades of Slavic folklore. Um, but yeah, so I'll tell you guys more when I, when I can, but I actually think with that one, um, just because I actually don't work well under pressure at all, even though like having a, having an actual release date on Amazon, it helps for pre-orders. But I think with that one, I might actually kind of like fiddle away on it, like on the sly and, and wait until I'm like a good, a good way into it, or if not completely done with the first draft before I then put the pre-order up, which will be a totally different method for me. Surprise. Yeah, but I, yeah, kind of a surprise, but more also like, you know, maybe there's still a month wait or something, you know what I mean? Because I have to edit or something and like just to, to see if that going back to your, your question, which I kind of glossed over like the work-life balance, like to see if that maybe helps Mm -hmm. that balance to like take that pressure off. And in the meantime, the pressure can stay on for let us pray and like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I feel like it would be nice to just like not tell anyone you're writing anything and then just like give it like a month or two (laughs) pre-order and then drop it. Right. I know some authors do that and that it works better if you're a fast writer. Like my, my author friend, Jay Kirsten, I don't know if you guys have read her, but she, she will often do that. Like she'll literally write the series and then put up like the pre-orders for like each book. And like, she's already done with the first drafts. And I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? But I think she just writes faster than me. But it's like, <laughs> she says that, I, I think she has said that she does it as a way to like take some pressure off herself. Like she feels mm-hmm. a lot more comfortable, like announcing the pre-orders when, you know, without that, like, oh, I announced the pre-order, I still have to fucking write it. Like that's where I'm <laughs> at now with all the ride. And I'm like, oh God. <laughs> I can't even like hold on to a Christmas present for no. like waiting until Christmas or birthdays. Can't do it. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it. Nope. Here, take it. Oh, you're I'm making, so bad. You're making me think of something now. And this is another little like fun um, goodie that you guys are hearing first. So I do think there's going to be a Chris, a fun little Christmas story from for Yaga's writers, like a fun little, it's going to be, it's going to be a, and I, and I kind of, you get a little hint of it in Call the Ride, but it's essentially going to be the story of Tan and Ace's first date, which. Oh, we want it so bad. So it'll be like around Christmas. I mean, essentially Asa didn't realize he was on a date. So, oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> if that's any surprise to anyone, it shouldn't be. No, Dad no. suddenly tricks Asa into going on a date with him, um, and it happens oh, at Christmas in Moscow. I've decided. So, oh, <laughs> cute. Oh yeah. So oh my god. So there'll be a cute little uh, Christmas Christmas novella. If I can get my, I'm really not going to promise it, but it's going to be set around Halloween. But I still owe people. Oh, people, because readers occasionally ask for it. I still owe people a certain MM scene from Wings of Darkness and Light, the MM that we've been waiting yes. for. Oh my God. <laughs> like, like, I hinted at in the epilogue, and that, like, is it going to ever happen? Like, yes, I think it's going to happen. And it's going to essentially be, I, for last Halloween, I wrote this, like, tiny little short, which actually 
it didn't have any spice in it. It was for like a, a, a Facebook party, but it was it was called Sexy Little Devil. And I had it be like a newsletter giveaway. And it was essentially like Sid picks out this sexy little devil costume and goes home and all the guys are like, whoa, they have their different reactions. And then she gives them candy and then they it's kind of like a fade to black. It was just like a quick little like 600 word thing. And I was like, OK, so let's see what happens later that night with the sexy little devil costume ends up on someone else. So so that's essentially where I'm going with that. I don't know if I'll have it out for Halloween, um, even though it's set in Halloween. However, I am. Um, there is a Gage origin story. Gage is our demon boyfriend from Wings of Darkness and Light. And there's an origin story. Um, of, uh, for him, it's like an actual novella that's in a Reaper anthology that's coming out in October. And it's called Final Harvest is the name of the anthology. And this, my story is called Death by Vanilla. And so that's going to be out in this anthology. As soon as that's released from the anthology, which is like essentially like a few months or whatever that has to run, I'm going to put together like a Wings, like omnibus of like the entire series plus the Gage origin story, plus any extras that I wrote, like the, um, the Kimberly Chem Valentine's Day special and the, the second coming Easter special. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, then this, you know, sexy little devil expanded version will be in that. So what I'm getting at is that might wait until the omnibus, just as like the one bit of bonus content that like has never been published before. And it's clearly the scene that everyone fucking wants because we all <laughs> see those two get together. <laughs> Finally. So. so very like flustered just thinking about it right now because I, I wanted it so bad. It's like the slowest burn of the century. <laughs> Slow burn. That's what I tell people when they're like, oh, I want people are always looking for reader recs. Like I want RHs with MM. And obviously I can, I can, push um yaga's writers i'm like this is mm it's two of the guys are in a serious relationship ahead of time and blah 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 but like with wings of darkness and light like we have two different mm arcs one of them is kind of like second chance i would call it like a second mm -hmm. chance arc, which is sweet in its own way but then there's one that's like straight up slowest slow bird like <laughs> enemies to lovers like that's like enemies yes. like serious enemies like we're going to murder each other like over a girl like to like where we end the series but like oh god really one of them has a major crush and i heard yes. and actually when you guys were having your um lgbtq um episode which i loved because i got like really teary when you guys were talking about how i write mm and i know you're trying to wrap up but um i i really appreciated the like the theories on like whether Gage is bi or not, because I actually had never even thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I like, had these really good theories where I was like, oh, I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> doesn't occur to me. Like I just write these characters and they're just naturally who they are. Um, but yeah, Gage is, he's a, he's another tough nut, huh? He's yes. a, mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love him too. Wait till you read this um, this origin story novella. That's it. I fell like, because I, I wrote it like this this year, like when I was getting ready to put it in. No. Oh my god, I fell in love with Demon Boyfriend like all over again. <laughs> I can't wait. He's so, so like he's just like naturally sexy. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We always love the Demon Boys. Wait. Oh yeah. I'm such a hoe for demons. True. Yeah. <laughs> I would like add anything. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, 
for real. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something, Gabby? Uh, I was going to say uh, recently I was looking through my Goodreads like list of books that I had just added and I was like deleting stuff that I didn't think I was going to read or like maybe I could go back and add it later. I, I went into this one and the first line was like, um, this so-and-so is a boring girl from blah, blah, blah. And she meets this like demon prince who's her mate. And I was like, sold. Got your <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Add that to the cart. <laughs> I know. There's like certain tropes that I'm like, yes. <laughs> and it's subjective too. Like some people like really don't like, like insta-love or insta-lust. I like live for that shit. Like I love insta love and insta lust. I mean, I still think there's room to grow with relationship arcs, and obviously I do both. But like, yeah, the faded mates. Like some people really like don't like faded mates. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> faded mates is fantastic. Like oh, give yeah. me the the wolf shifters that you know smell the girl. And they're like, oh, I want her. I gotta have her right now. Like <laughs> yes, I, I live for that shit. Yeah, I know, and it's so subjective, and that's why, like, you know, when you know, people don't like a book because of a certain trope. You're like, well, that's really just because you don't like that trope, which is totally fair. Oh my gosh. Actually, like someone was just recently, I told the girls this. I was like, I don't know where it was, but someone was saying, I won't read a book if it's like this trope or like third person POV or something. And I was like, you're missing out on a whole world of really amazing books. Mm-hmm. Honestly. I know it's tricky. And that's hard too, because like, I actually prefer first person POV, but I don't think I'm so like staunchly <laughs> opinionated that I wouldn't read like a third person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like third person. I mean, I think like I don't read a lot of third person because I think what happens is just like this funny books that I read. It's usually like dual POV and that ends up being <laughs> switching back and first. Yeah. Um, but like Throne of Glass did third person really really well yeah mm-hmm. yeah you have to be able to do it well I think that's the otherwise I find it hard like I actually started writing Shadow Spark as third person and about a third of the way in went back and changed it to first person which was a fucking nightmare and I still missed some like words <laughs> you know what I mean because I have to like like instead of she it's I or what you know what I mean like yeah. um, but I, I, uh, I actually I switched it because I was having trouble as the writer as the author like connecting with my character writing it in that way and I think it might that's just the me problem but I don't know I I jumped on the third person bus like an idiot I feel like and I'm not going back <laughs> well that's yeah, nice. a lot to go back but I'm glad I'm glad I did personally just because like as soon as I did that it like clicked and I was like mm-hmm. oh, okay I like get her now like I'm in her head now usually yeah. if I'm in my writing mode third person's easy but if I'm like typing on my phone I go to first person for some reason because yeah. it's like a, I don't know it's weird I think one of the things that we've always raved about with your writing is that what that's is what makes it so hard for me writing too. I was like, Corinne does this thing where when you switch POVs, I know exactly who I'm reading without like the chapter title telling me who it is because mm-hmm. each person's voice is so distinct. It's just amazing. And I'm like, how do I do that? <laughs> it makes me feel so good because I do occasionally get reviews. Actually, I have one that I need to make a TikTok about because she, 
I think she just came to like, she chose violence when she showed up on Good <laughs> Like this particular person was clearly there for violence. But she said something and Bossy's going to get, my, Nadine's going to get mad because she wanted to make a TikTok about this, but I think I'm going to beat her to it. Where <laughs> she like said something about like the men in Yaga's writers like had as, this, as much separate personality like as bread. And so I was, there's lots of different kinds Who's of- you? <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of bread. What are you doing? That's essentially <laughs> going to be my TikTok is me just emptying the fridge and showing off all my bread. <laughs> <laughs> so like, many varieties. Here's, here's, here's ciabatta. <laughs> um, but that's, and so, but that's a very rare, I, like I said, I think she just showed up choosing violence, but um, I love it. People do talk about my, the POVs and the distinct characters. And that really warms my heart because it is hard. I mean, with reverse harem, like you really have to like flesh out like multiple oh, yeah. And like, I oh I don't know how you do it. I wrote no. I wrote one scene with multiple partners, and it was so good. It was so hard. <laughs> well, the thing is that I do, especially with Yaga's writers, and um, we all know they all have their different accents, right? Because mm-hmm. we have Vasi's like she kind of sounds she kind of sounds Russian, even though she's actually technically more like Ukrainian. Knox is Russian. Um, Tan is Turkish British, so he has like a funny little like kind of chipper Turkish British accent. And then Ace is from the South in the U.S. like Savannah, so that really smooth like Savannah accent. So actually, when I I actually read their chapters out loud myself in their accents, <laughs> it's like people are like, "Oh, video day though!" I'm like hell to fucking no! Like you're never. Gonna like, uh, I was gonna say please, like or at least record it. <laughs> like my Turkish but it actually helps me it helps me get and I did that with wings too even though they didn't technically have accents it helped reading the chapters out loud helps me like make sure that I'm saying things that they would say mm-hmm. actually I check myself I'll be like oh no that doesn't sound like something Ace would say at all you know what I mean or like that sounds more like Knox or whatever like they all they speak differently you know and even their inner thoughts and like it also gets tricky when you have, especially the guys in Yaga's writers, like they're all friends. So they share a lot of the same language, like, like you do when you're friends, you say yeah. the same things mm-hmm. and so to make sure that there's enough of that, but not where they all just sound like the same person. Like they have the same lingo and stuff, but like they, they swear in different ways or like, you know, like there's just like that's, that can be tricky, but it really like warms my little black heart to hear that you know people really like can see the distinct because they are they're real people mm-hmm. like really mm-hmm. distinct people living in my head talking to me like <laughs> 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 a crazy person <laughs> oh that's awesome okay so this was so much fun make sure you pre-order um call of the ride on amazon make sure you follow see rochelle on facebook instagram and tiktok your tiktoks are always fucking amazing amazing <laughs> so good I found my element on there, I think. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's great. Um, And is there anything else, ladies? This was just a lot of fun. And I'm so glad we actually got to talk to you. Fangirling. (laughs) You guys are like celebrities. It's funny to me that you guys think I'm a celebrity. (laughs) Like, like, I literally like not that interesting outside of my books. Um, But yeah I mean have me back on anytime like mm-hmm. I literally do nothing but write and like <laughs> out of my troll cave so I'm essentially like 
totally game to like chat. I think, I think Gabby and I need to do like a writer's one and then we need to do one when um you guys get more into DD and her harem and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know yes. Cass, Cass would be more than happy. To oh, me. yes. And she's like a bit, way bigger personality than me and like a super extra, extra extrovert. I so, loved watching y'all's live on TikTok. It was hilarious. <laughs> she, you guys probably wouldn't be able to tell us, but I could tell that she was like, she was really trying to hold herself back to like, let me talk. <laughs> really sweet of her because she could just, I mean, she could just take up the room because that's like, she's just a big personality. Mm-hmm. And so if you have us both on, like, I might not say a lot because she'll just like, like, get me. <laughs> that's really fine. Um, but yeah, she would definitely be game. I mean, she could, she can just talk and talk. So I want Nadine to come on too. She's oh, yeah. hilarious. Yes. Yes. Well, we should do a Nadine special where we talk about writing and PA and stuff like that. That'd be awesome. That'd yeah. Be it would, would be happy. Yeah. I put this on her calendar today just so she knew I was doing it. And she like had a freak out because she thought she needed to come on, but she's having like her family over for dinner. And I was like, no, 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 you don't have to come on. Like, <laughs> I need to be aware that I was doing this thing. <laughs> I just like, I just like sent her a calendar invite with like nothing else. Like, I was just like, oh, <laughs> she was like, excuse me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, she's she would be fun to have on too with her awesome. her cute Frenchy Canadian accent, which I love so much. So I cute. love listening to her. Me too. I like listen to her videos on TikTok on repeat. I literally sat with Stone the other night and I was like, guess where she's from? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and she actually it's funny because um she like I think because I, I hired her like as I was gearing up to, to release Rise of the Witch. So it was already written and this and that. And like, I remember like having her, I was like, oh, I wonder if I should run this by like the scene, the Vajuju voodoo scene, the infamous scene where like Tan is just spouting bullshit French. It needs <laughs> like, that's not correct at all. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. And I don't think Tan would care. because <laughs> He's probably just spouting bullshit. Like he doesn't care. So, um, but yeah, I love that so much. Yeah, if I was trying to be accurate with French, I would definitely go to Nadine. Right. Yes. I'm thinking about Ravenhood now. Oh God! Oh, God. God. <laughs> no, I try not Rip. to think about that. Okay. She said bullshit French, and I was like, wee 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 wee. Oh, the inside jokes that I have no idea about. I can't with y'all. Killing me. Oh my broken heart. It's fine. Okay, guys. Um, well, make sure you check out Sea Rochelle everywhere. Pre-order incoming books, call of the ride, and let us pray on Amazon. And yes. Gabby, you want to sign us out? Yes. Uh thank you, Smutlings, for listening to the Smutty and Nutty Podcast. My name is Gabby, and you can find me on Instagram at Gabby Shelf. Jess also left us, so I'll do hers. Jess on Instagram at the barnacle dot the dot barnacle dot bookshelf and the barnacle bookshelf.com. And I am Lexi, and you can find me on Instagram at reads by Lexi. And I'm Ash, and you can find me on Instagram at a well read wolf91. And last but not least, I'm Britt, and you can find me on both TikTok and Instagram at Lunar Literature. Where can we find C. C. Rochelle author? Is that what it is? 
my god, do I need to like have my links? <laughs> uh, okay, on, on Instagram, because that's where you guys are. It's c.rochelle underscore author. I clearly okay. needed to make it really difficult. We will, we will link it in the description. Yeah, and in there, yeah. you can find my author links like in my bio there and all the rest. Awesome. It was Yay. so much fun, Corinne. Thank you so much for having Thank you. joining us and being yeah. on the podcast. For having me. This was fun. It was awesome. Thank yeah. you. And then I love all the fun little teasers of things that you're going to be working on. And now I'm just going to be like stalking your page even more, waiting to see if you drop something. Right. As if we didn't stalk you already. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I admit to nothing. I'm going to go to Discord right now and like drop you guys <gasps> juicy just for having this fun today. But it's a very small, juicy bit. Okay, that's fine. I'll take We're anything. We're happy with anything. <laughs> anything. Okay. Okay, ladies. Have a good night. You Bye, too. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.